0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Talking Comics podcast. It's September 25th, 2019, otherwise known as New Comic Book Day, and you're listening to episode number 409. I am your host Steve Say, and joining me this week are Mr. Bob Ryer. Happy belated Barbara Gordon's birthday. Ooh, I did not know that. Uh, Joey Burchino is back. It was also Batman Day this past weekend, too. Indeed and sarah miles is here
2: and it was also bisexual visibility day yay whoa what a week
1: yes <laughs> batman bisexual na, 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 na,
0: na. uh that's great that's awesome happy uh bisexual visibility day to all of our listeners and to everyone really why not all right uh
3: what have if we they're got not listening they wouldn't have heard that though would they
2: semantics bob semantics oh, sorry I like to think
3: that everybody can hear me everywhere
0: (laughs) at any (laughs) time. Okay. If I wish. Okay. Uh, We're already getting off track. This podcast is off to a great, great start. Yes, it is. We have a bunch of books and lightning rounds. We got a. So the email thing is starting to work out pretty well. We got uh, a couple of emails after last week's show. Some people wrote in. Uh, One in particular asked a bunch of questions, and we're going to hit a few of them. Later on, uh, podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com if you want to send an email with an elongated message for your uh, hosts of this show. Hmm. Uh, Let's see, what else do we got here? Bob, didn't you say that you had something that you wanted to say at the top of the show?
3: Yes, actually, because it was a sort of a bittersweet weekend in a lot of connective tissue ways. We recorded our season finale of Adventure on Sunday with Jackie leading the way in a stirring finish. But the the evening before, for longtime listeners and those who who aren't or are just catching up, the, our enterprise all sort of sprung out of a local pub quiz where we all start to meet in little bits and pieces. Well, David uh, Atto, the fellow who owned... Once and for all, we all began hanging out and then doing after parties and all the things that we did. He and his wife, Lori, uh, we had a farewell party for them. They're moving to Spain in about two weeks. Oh, that's Ooh. a big move. It's a big move. We figure their Social Security translates. It's a lot cheaper than trying to live in Patchogue on a retiree's money. And I'm going to spend some time Roaming around Spain and going to art museums and finding interesting places to eat and drink and whatever and hang out with some of their buddies, and so yeah, we had a heck of a party with a four-day cook of a castle. Ooh! We had some amazing wines. I baked a cheesecake because you got to do that. Oh! So yeah, we had. Uh, it was fun, but uh, yeah. I'll get to see him, I guess, one more time. But there were tears shed. I'm just. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I
0: mean, I'm excited for them, but I'm also I'm sorry that you have a, a friend that's moving away. That's uh that's always hard. Yeah. All yeah. your people
4: move away. <laughs> uh-uh, trust
0: me. You're not you're not alone. I've been really feeling it for the last couple of months. Uh, I haven't seen my family, my sister and the kids in over two years Wow. Oof. since the wedding. Yeah, I haven't seen them. I've seen my mom. I haven't seen my mom in a year. I saw her last August so it's uh it's rough i haven't seen bob i haven't seen brendan i haven't seen joey it's the only one i've seen is sarah and she lives in the friggin uk <laughs> <laughs> Go figure that, right? so Woo-hoo. let's do some comic book stuff let's do some lightning rounds get this uh, get this thing going here
2: shazam
0: oh <laughs> i love that.
2: Sorry, oh. Joey, it oh your thunder
0: Sorry, everybody. This uh, this show's a little bit unhinged. We knew this was going to happen before we started recording. It's all in good times. All right, uh, Bob, okay. I am going to put five minutes on the clock for you.
3: Okay. And... Go. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, number nine, by David Avalone and Dave Acosta. Well, it gets our heroine back to Hollywood, but not out of trouble. as She's beset by three refugees from the Orange County Renfair Dinner Theater, who were in search of her Luciferian powers. As usual, tons of meta fun and meta puns, a guest appearance by Elvira's dog Gonk from the movie, and even a bit oh. of clobberin' time. What? Yes, you have to read it to find out. Oh. It's, been a, <laughs> it's been a couple of years since the last regular volume, but Adam Warren's Empowered Volume 11 picks up right where it left off but with a different sort of storyline. I'll quote the blurb here. It's a wall-to-wall brawl guaranteed, guaranteed to bring tears to the eyes and fists to the face. Emp is being attacked by virtually every superhuman in the city, including her besties, Thugboy, and Ninjet. It's all the work of the evil telepath Neurosphere out to avenge the death of his sister, Mind... I can't actually say it. Mind Frack. Now, by the way, there's no actual <laughs> cussing in the book. It's M-I-N-D-F dot dot K. No cussing in uh, Empowered. There is certainly a ton of action, but also lots of genuine emotional moments of beginnings, loss, and revelation for the ever-relatable Alyssa Megan Powers. A quick aside, uh, as opposed to the usual old pencil pages, Adam Warren has inked about 25 to 30 percent of this volume and those cityscapes and mind trips are absolutely incredible. Now, Kelly Sue DeConnick's Aquaman 52 also features some wonderful art, that of Robson Roca, Daniel Enriquez, and Sonny Go, here in fine service to particularly battle sequences that showcases the power of Aquaman to its fullest, but one that comes with a cost. I've been truly knocked out by this run so far, and it does seem that Ms. DeConnick is setting the stage for a real seamless crossover with all these You're the Villain shenanigans that are kind of annoying me everywhere else. Valkyrie Jane Foster, number three, I think I've got that right, finally, by Jason Aaron Al Ewing and a various hands art team headed by Kafu, is absolutely epic in scope. But yet, Jane, as the newest leader, the Valkyrie brings uh, something really special to this. She's taking the Valiant Heimdall on his journey to the mystery of the beyond. And... There's within that there's courage, heroism, and certainly a slice of sass, some from a very unexpected source. Speaking of sassy stuff, Marvel Action, Captain Marvel number two by Sam Meggs and Sweeney Boo, colors by Brittany Pierre, letters by Ooh, I didn't write that down. I'll get to the letters later. It was as delightful as the first. Carol was trying to see who or what is behind the flirting invasion of New York. And to do that, she has to go deep inside the belly of one of these dangerous creatures. This is a fine all-ages effort by Marvel and IDW, but there's plenty here for us grown-ups, too. I just had a blast. I passed this to some little ones. They're enthralled as well. I have some other books that I was not so enthralled with, one of which Joy will talk about later, and... I don't rat on my friend, so I won't say anything else. That's it. <laughs>
1: Whoa! Wait a minute. I didn't talk. But well, never mind. I'll get that one. You didn't like seventy nine. You didn't like <laughs> Batman.
4: No. Are you serious? <laughs> All right, we'll talk. About I... It. <laughs> 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 that oh, voice. I love it when oh Jerry goes high pitched. <laughs>
0: that was great. That was great. Ah, uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I, so, you know how much I've been loving Jane Foster Valkyrie, right?
3: Yeah. yeah I,
0: was a- I didn't love this issue. Are you
1: kidding me? You didn't like this issue? I love this I issue. I don't know what happened. I don't
0: know what happened. I didn't. I, I, I think it might have been the art shuffle <gasps> that was going on. Was I really awesome. didn't like some of the me? earlier pages. The, um,
1: like the weird
0: pages, the
3: three-page
1: spread.
0: I know. Look, I'm reading this book digitally. That might have a lot to do with absolutely. it, absolutely. Because I felt very claustrophobic the whole time that I was reading this issue. Wow. I kept turning the pages, and instead of having to turn the iPad back right side up, I was constantly running into double-page spreads and just like zooming in, zooming out. Um, that's,
3: that's and I don't, don't big know, big like. Because they're they're absolutely when you turn a page of the book, yeah, they're epic. I disagree with you on that. I also read it
1: digitally when I was when 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 um, Heimdall's fallen through space into. I love those pages. Those pages were incredible. Those pages pages were incredible. All the stuff
0: after that was incredible. It was a lot of the beginnings of like the the Pegasus ride or or whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I just, I was reading to it again.
1: again. Read it again.
0: <laughs> I will read it again. I'll happily, happily read it again. The tree thing, whatever the hell this is was oh awesome. They're my just,
1: gosh,
0: it was a lot to read and a lot to kind of digest. And I just, I, Joey, you read it digitally too. Yeah. Maybe I just wasn't in the right mindset, but I just felt very boxed in as I was trying to read this epic book. It just didn't oh. play right on the yeah. format that I was reading. it.
1: I, I will tell you yeah. that, uh, that page when she goes into hell and there's the upside down world tree, and that's, there's yeah, the little editor's about. note that's like as seen in Avengers, uh, yep. no home. no co- no way home no way no home or whatever. Home. I was like, oh, maybe I should read Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> I I didn't I didn't. Let me just make that clear. I didn't. But this um, book almost made me go do that. <laughs>
0: I had somebody tell me uh, a couple of weeks ago that Jason Aaron's Avengers has been, like, epic. Oh,
4: I'm sure. And
0: I've, uh, yeah, I've never... I read, I think, the first issue, and then I had dropped off of it. I got distracted by something. I haven't gone back to it since. But, um, yeah, no, I'm not saying that it was a bad issue. Like, I'm not saying that at all. I just... I wasn't there for it. And I really wish that I was because it sounds like it was a good
4: time.
1: I will tell you too, that the other thing I loved about that issue, the thing that I've been ragging on about the book for the last uh, two issues or whatever was the, the all weapon. Oh, here it comes. And then in this issue, she's like, I was wondering why the all weapon was wings. And I was like, now it makes sense. It's (laughs) what she needs in the moment. I still think it's dumb, but it was useful (laughs) in this situation. I liked it. They've I love this issue a lot. Man. I love the character. The Heimdall stuff was amazing. It was poignant, but I think that the, the runaway character here is obviously horse at the end, yes. of, the, at the end of the issue. Or <laughs> horse. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you, you could can talk. Horse. Well, I'm horse. Of course I could talk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Say. The horse has a bad English accent. What? Uh, yes,
1: yes, it's actually written that way.
4: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: I should send you some screen grabs, Sarah. I
3: think you would find this entertaining. Yeah. There was an entire article on bleeding cool, I believe, about where the horse I
2: refuse to look at that. I know
3: Rich Johnson has a whole theory, but I'm uh, good, Veneer. Not, Stop me, not one of them posh ponies from that Asgard. You
1: know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not one All of them, ponies. <laughs>
3: I'm just horse.
2: Go oh, blimey governor, stone the crows That's, exactly. the that's it,
3: that's it that's but exactly doing, How Ewing, right? as I recall Is rather English <laughs> is, is aggressively English, English. <laughs> Is he
1: really? As I didn't the, know that As the yeah. best of us yeah. are, aggressively
3: English like <laughs>
1: Can't you tell by how good His books are that he's aggressively British? <laughs> I
3: <don't> think I <laughs> Now that you've brought it up, it all yeah. makes
1: sense. And I'm interested, though, because when I saw he was co-credited for it, is he taking over the book? I think so. Yeah, it's a classic Al Ewing move.
0: <laughs> Swoop in. Uh, yeah, so those two pages with Heimdall, though, those were really intense. Beautiful. The uh, the art for those pages
3: were, were pure magic.
4: Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Sorry. 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 God. Sorry. Sorry. And, and, and let me just say again, because I know it, it is the all-ages book, but the Marvel action, Captain Marvel, has, has been hysterical. You've got flerkens everywhere and, and just wonderful characterization and some surprises.
2: So is, uh, as
3: a trade, I would suggest, if people are looking for some extra Captain Marvel goodness, it's right over there.
2: And the arts as by a, Sweeney Boo, and I love Sweeney yes. Boo at the moment. I'm marginally obsessed.
3: I've seen some prints that might be at her table, so we.
2: have Goodbye, money.
0: Yeah, uh, they're really they're very fairly. I think they're like ten bucks a piece. Yeah. So I picked up the Vision one from her when we were uh,
1: when we were at yeah. Fan Expo. But when you buy seven of them, that's a lot. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> to you get a fair, discount. To be fair, I did earlier today on Twitter offer erica henderson the soul of my as yet unborn first child in return for some artwork so i clearly have no morals or scruples did when it she comes accept to purchasing art. um she said it was a lot of responsibility and she would think about it so i offered her one slightly worn kidney instead um, <laughs> she, she's going more for the soul of the firstborn child to be fair she would um Yeah.
0: She's going to come home one day. There's just going to be a cooler down by her front door. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know if there's a
3: biohazard inside.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Worst game of roulette
3: ever. She has lovely (laughs) prints at her table, but she does have original art as well. So maybe. Oh, commission!
0: Speaking, you know what? Hold on. Speaking of which. Uh, you're you're all talking about New York City Comic Con that's coming up.
4: Yeah. Uh, not you?
0: this week, but the next. Yeah. Well, you're talking about going to tables and picking yes, up stuff are. from yeah. Sweeney Boo. She going to be at NYCC. Yes. Yep. Yeah.
4: All right. I, well, I, they I, see.
0: I know what I'm talking about. Um, you are you are all going to be there. Jessica is going to be popping
1: in. Mm-hmm. I imagine Melissa yep. will be as yeah. well.
4: Melissa.
1: Melissa will be there. Ka- Carolyn will be there. Professor Carolyn Coca, friend there. of the pod. Will Aaron be there? Yeet.
0: Yes. Oh.
1: You got to squad, squad up, man.
0: I need my own Talking Comics squad here yeah. in Canada. Yeah, man. Yeah. We're going to hold like, auditions. We're
1: going to be snapping. As we... <laughs> so, what's right
3: the, the plan you're, the all, neighbor- you're all That's all that the neighborhood go. after all, right, Joey? Yep. That was yep. Yep.
1: right there.
0: Bob, how many days are you going for? Four. Okay. Joey, you're thinking about going on I'll there, uh, Saturday. I'll be
1: there all four days. No, you won't. Yeah, I will. You just told me off air that you were thinking about I'm going gonna for like be, two I'm not, I'm not there the whole day. Thursday, I'm there after school. Friday, I might take off from school so I can do the whole day. Saturday, I have a uh, 5K in the morning, and then I'll be there for the rest of the day on Saturday. And then Sunday, I like to go and see the family cosplay.
0: Yeah, that's the best. All right, uh, and Sarah, what is your agenda?
2: Um, definitely Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're not sure yet because I um, am old and get tired very easily. <laughs> and no, genuinely, I'm I'm like taking the Mickey, but I do have health issues. And after three full-on days of a con, the chances of me being able to do the fourth day are pretty slim at this point. Um, yeah, when I went many 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 years ago and it was actually smaller then than it was now I literally ended up with flu and had to take a week off work when I got back from that one Um, which I can't do this time because fun fact when I get back from my holiday I have two more days at my current job and then I'm leaving
3: yay Congratulations. congratulations
2: yeah thank you very much I've made a ridiculous choice to leave my Permanent job and go and work somewhere else on an eighteen month contract.
3: Hey, there you go. (laughs) Will it make Will it make you happier?
2: Uh, It will make me uh, richer.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Could make Could make you happier. So which could
2: they see? They say money can't buy you happiness, but money can buy me stuff, and stuff makes me happy. (laughs)
3: Stuff can buy off unhappiness.
2: There you go. All
3: right, this is getting weird. That's the moral
2: of the story.
0: <laughs> uh, and so, for anybody that's wondering, uh, if you want to hang out with anybody from the show for any reason, there are plans in the works. We we'll probably announce something next podcast for for definite. Officially, yes. Yeah, but it, I mean, if you're if you don't have anything to do on Saturday and you'd like to meet up, that's typically when yeah. these TC meetups happen. And
3: come find uh, us. Yeah. Right. We're just very around. often you can find one of us somewhere yeah and if not a good spot is always that north end of the outside ring so to speak over near the brooklyn defender ale table (laughs) where it's the cosplay staging area if you Melissa showed me that
1: yeah if you go into the schedule and you find anything that's like Women in comics, diversity in comic book storytelling, (laughs) graphic novels for young adults, anything like that. Why? That That sounds like you see anything on brand. Yeah, that's like my entire. Yeah, if you see anything on brand with what we talk about, that's where we're at.
0: Joey will be there repping it.
1: Yeah hard
0: all right speaking hard. to speaking to joey so those are the things we'll have something uh more concrete to say next week i just wanted to put the uh the word out there in case anybody was wondering uh joey let's stick with you let's and go it. back to doing some of these lightning rounds
1: Yep, point, yep.
0: point, get ready point oh yeah oh man all right yeah i i caught up man all oh, right you yes, got five you minutes
1: house of x number five thanks for checking in y'all okay here we go john hickman and peppy laraz this time much is revealed this issue we thought things were strange at the circle k and we was right after the shocking events of house of x4 (laughs) I was devastated as as I uh, reflected last time we talked about this, and then here we are, and things get weird as hell. This issue, it is <laughs> cultish, high science fiction, totally bonkers. There are twists and turns this issue that I was like, "What the hell? What the hell?" What the hell? Mm. This entire excapade uh, uh, uh,
4: has been a thrilling
1: ride from start to finish. Uh, We only have one more of these House of X's left, which is wild. Um, The revelations here are about a special team of mutants led by Hope and everybody's favorite gold balls, point, point, yeah, yeah, are astounding, and they make so much sense uh, given what we've kind of been asking about the series since the beginning. Um, there are still many questions lingering like who's under that damn helmet because I'm starting to think it isn't who we think it is. But holy damn, I am ready to see where this goes. I don't want to spoil anything because this is the one of the best stories this year uh, and it is on a whole other level. So please, please check it out. Uh, we have one more House of X. We have one more Powers of X too and then we'll be done, which is pretty wild. Hickman just tweeted out that you know they've sent the final issue to to print uh so i said this when the 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 event started that these x events the, the publishing sequence i've always loved them because it's always weekly and you just get through it so quickly um so i'm really excited to to wrap this up in the next few weeks um i also read batman number 79 tom king Clayman, and tony daniel here uh this is ready for this this is the conclusion of the two-part interlude in city of bane yeah yeah <laughs> uh, this is the this is the menace of the magpie sort of but not really look i don't i don't know what bob thought but i have loved these two issues uh 78 and 79 where we're bat and cat just hanging out trying to figure out their their stuff you know um i'm really digging it it's 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 what's made the Tom King run the best, right? I I joined up with everybody around issue 48, 46 when, when bat and cat was really picking up and I've read straight through since then. I think this was an awesome issue and it really explored the kind of complexities of their relationship and the fears that Bruce has faced and that Selena has faced and they've endured individually and as a couple too. And it builds nicely and I think it lands perfectly. I think it's a moving ending and I'm actually very much looking forward to Bat and Cat returning to Gotham and and setting things right in the next six issues or in theory, who knows. Um, I liked it. I really did. And, and I will say this too. I've been reading Clay Mann's art for a while and his work's been really good on Batman. Um, I think his his Catwoman's a little a little sexy, which you we'll know get, we'll get to that a little bit. It's a little <laughs> bit. I, I get that. Um, but yeah, I, I I like the issue. Sorry, Bob. Okay. Um, I also read Napoleon Dynamite number one. This is from IDW. Carlos Guzman Verdugo, Alejandro Verdugo, Jorge Monlongo, and Sarah Richard on colors. Uh, just a wonderful return to this weird little corner of Idaho. The movie is, was an iconic part of growing up for me. Uh, come and get your lunch, Tina. Uh, Napoleon, <laughs> Deb, Pedro, Uncle Rico. They're all there. There's a lot more school stuff. Um, Pedro, if you recall from the film, um, won the class pre- presidency, It's revealed that uh, there were 300 votes for a class of 180, so uh, we have to go into some (laughs) uh, sketchy impeachment proceedings for uh, Napoleon's good friend. Um, I love Napoleon Dynamite. I think it's really cool. Uh, It's really cool reading it, too, because you can hear all their voices, which is really fun. Um, And I also read Once in Future, number two, Kieran Gillen, Dan Mora, (sighs) Tamara Bon Villon. This is wild, man. So if you'll recall, I mean we – I don't know if you know this, but we interviewed Kieran Gillen uh, on the podcast a couple <laughs> I hadn't of weeks heard. ago. Yeah, and we had we asked him ourselves. about the show and we had asked him about the book and you know he talked uh, frankly about kind of the the kind of political motivations for, for putting this book together and the whole premise is uh, Duncan and his gran are, are – well, his gran is a monster hunter. Duncan kind of finds himself kind of caught in this whole thing and then these other – uh let's say, hyper-national people are trying to resurrect King Arthur. Uh, things go interestingly for them. If you remember the scene from The Mummy, Brendan Fraser's The Mummy, where, like, uh, Imhotep comes out of the thing and starts, like, like he has to, like, consume people to become a person mm-hmm. again. That's what this was, except with King Arthur. It was awesome. I loved it. Uh, things escalate. Duncan might get his own gun. Also, Sarah, I need your help with this. At some point, someone says someone is a a dozy bint. A dozy bent. Yeah, I don't know what that was, <laughs> and that's gonna be um, the end of my lightning round because that's it. <laughs> but like, I was just like, dozy bint, I need to ask Sarah about this.
2: <laughs> I love that a contribution. What's a dozy bent? Um, dozy kind of means like. Um, dappy or a bit stupid not really with it slightly awake Bint is um it's a bitch or a whore or a generally offensive term for a woman i'm glad that dude got ripped open by a skeleton well yeah (laughs) the thing is if you call someone a dozy bint, it's kind of it's a nicer way of being mean to them than by actually calling them what you think you want to call them yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, the
1: degrees You're... of cussing in 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 the UK sounds amazing. I just want to break it down. I want to, I want a book. <laughs> there are levels. There are levels.
2: I can I can do you like a thirty minute lecture on the various ways to call someone a wanker if you really want. <laughs> oh
3: my god, that <laughs> that's is a great word. That Love that word. <laughs> yeah. well, anyway, special episode just for this. That's um, my uh, that's sign my LR. Me up.
0: All right. Uh, Dozy Bents aside, I do have a question for you, Joey. Yeet. Do you know what... God. Do you know what comes after Powers and House
1: yeah, of Yeah, all the crazy books that they've announced. There's I have like not a, seen
0: a damn thing. Some
1: of it looks Oof. wild. I know that um... Uh, see, I, I can't recall all of the creative teams, but like a lot of our faves are on some of these books too. So it i think there's i think they've announced four books so far um and then i think there's like a second wave of books that are going to come out of it as well here's the thing though like all these books like there's a, a new Excalibur series and all this stuff like all these books i don't i don't i can't put together how they come out of House of X and Powers of X yet like everything that's happening in these books, every issue, I'm just like, this is insanity. This is crazy. Like people are dying and people are being brought back. It's just wild. And, and, uh, the status quo is shifting like every issue that, Mm -hmm. and then I look at the book announcements and I'm like, how, how do we get from here to there? (laughs) And like, I thought it was weird uncanny 22, which I talked about over the summer. Uh, and I was like, how do we get from where we ended that issue to house of X and powers of X. And the answer was, we don't, they were just like, forget that we're going to do our own thing, which is whatever it's in the past. But I would imagine that this leads somehow into these upcoming books. Uh, well, wasn't that the idea that he was kind of rewriting the book the whole on thing. X-Men? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, uh, I, I don't know, man, I, I, I can pull up some of the. Cause... Well, go ahead.
0: They, I mean, they they introduce something in five. I don't want to really give anything away, but for those of you that haven't read it, like we kind of go back to the beginning of all of this with some of the first panels and some of the first moments of this story, and having the missing pieces to that puzzle are yeah. quite uh, illuminating, it's so to wild. speak. And it explains a lot, but it also poses a lot of mysteries going forward because uh, so I can't say it so because I'm going to ruin it.
1: I know. I don't want to spoil it because it's just it's Yeah, I don't sanity. want to spoil it. Sorry. Um, so here are some of the books that have been announced. So we have Excalibur by Tini Howard, which is awesome. And oh, Marcus okay, Toh, cool. Yeah. Um, and then our other fave – uh, well this one was there's a book called Fallen Angels by Brian Edward Hill and uh, Simon K- um, which looks awesome in terms of the artwork um, there's the Marauders by Jerry Dugan and Matteo Loli uh, which is, looks also very cool there's a Despicable Deadpool book oh no, that's Jerry Dugan's other work uh, New Mutants from Ed Brisson and John Hickman with Rod Rice on art which is really cool and uh, X-Force, Benjamin Percy, Joshua Cassara, and a new X-Men number one with John Hickman and Lionel Francis Yu on there as well okay so he's staying on for a couple of these books yeah and that's the first wave he kind of said that in all the kind of initial press after when House of X1 dropped there's going to be a second wave of books after that Um, okay yeah so there it's it has been completely relaunched and revamped which is exciting, but again, mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't put the pieces together yet. Yeah, but he's
0: like, they didn't have him just kind of lay the groundwork and then peace out. He's yeah. actually going to be there to see that whatever mad plan he has is, you know, capitalized yeah. on and executed upon
4: Yeah,
0: for for at least some of those stories. Yeah. So that's reassuring because I would hate for him to have come in had done this like 12 issue epic with all of this crazy far-reaching stuff and then just be pick up his check
1: and be like well good luck everybody (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome well i gotta tell you some more east of west yeah i gotta tell you too like uh and we We should should, finish (laughs) i'll probably wait till after you talk about your catch-up but like house of x is one thing but the powers of x stuff has been like laying all these like future timelines that are just like, I, I don't even understand half of what's happening in that book. You know? I don't understand
0: how you keep them apart from one another, man. When I was reading that stuff, I did the whole reread because I wanted to catch up so we could talk about it. And like those stories are, are molded together so cohesively for me that I, yeah. I find it dif- difficult to tell them apart. Well, the power um, of the ex- well,
1: well, yeah, that's fine.
0: Yeah, no, I just that's just the way that my mind works. Like, I don't, I have, I have trouble delineating the stories when they're considered all a part of one thing. Like, I had to look at the back of the book. Thank goodness that, um, comicsology pushes you onto the next one in the series because I had to look up the reading order for this thing so many times just yeah. to make sure that I didn't screw anything up. Um, as far as like my my thoughts and everything on it, uh, I just I understand i mean i've been reading it here and there but i was a few issues behind i understand why you've been so excited and why you've like been coming in here and being like you know, oh my god <laughs>
4: like
0: it's really exciting crazy big stuff that he's doing i was a little disturbed when the stuff came out about this pulling very much, I can't remember the name of the story, but people accusing him of plagiarism. Of what is it?
2: The 14 Lives of Harry, no, the first 14 Lives of Harry August.
0: Okay. um, Like I said, I didn't, I've never read that book and I didn't investigate the claims or anything after uh, the fact or anything like that. But I just, I wonder how much of this story is still being compared to that story versus what is original stuff (laughs) just just the
1: moira issue i think is okay is what where he draws the parallel where people have drawn the parallels but after that like there's nothing about the phalanx coming out of space in the year 1000 after mutants in the 14 lives of harry august (laughs) you know like all right (laughs) right right. I, i hear you yeah but it's the premise of of Moira having multiple lives. I think that people kind of threw up a red flag. Okay. Yeah, because it's been pretty mind yeah. blowing, and like I didn't want to
0: assign praise where it wasn't warranted.
1: And frankly, I so. think that was un—not that it was unfair, but like I think it was un—it was a—it was a parallel that people were drawing, but. It's not maliciously plagiaristic in in, in the nature of, of the use of the right. premise.
0: Right. I mean, among everything that I read, my, my favorite stuff we really can't talk too much about. But you'd mentioned something about uh, bringing characters back.
1: Goal balls.
0: Yeah. That was pretty pretty ingenious. i gotta <laughs> say that for all the times that we loved him when he was introduced in wolverine and the x-men back when jason aaron was running that series and he was kind of the joke character for a while because that's the way that they played it and he in time throughout that series ended up being one of my favorite characters and then he kind of just dropped off the face of the earth like he popped up every now and again in something but he never sticks around for long and never plays any kind of significant role in the story and then they reintroduce him for this and you find out something about his power and I guess Hickman has changed what it actually is and it is just insane 100%. I just I don't know how that all works without like all of the all of the parts being there And using Krakoa to that end. It's so hard to talk about this stuff without you guys knowing (laughs) the deal. Um, I'm going to wrap this up because this
1: is bad radio. But Don't worry. Everybody's going to be reading this again.
0: I'm having a really good time with it. I think that your, your excitement for this has been more than warranted. It's a ride. It's confusing as all get out. But somewhere in there, when you're reading all the graphs and you're, you're reading the history and all the stuff, and as you get into the rhythm of these different eras of the X-Men, it all starts to come together in this weird, ridiculously epic way. And I just, I got to the end of five and I was just just like, I can't wait to talk to Joey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we get another issue today. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm waiting for that last one to come out. Is that... Is that- Is that the last one, or is there more of them? I think we have
1: a Powers of X this week, and
2: another House of X, and another. Right. When it's all done and dusted, I'm going to sit down and read the whole lot. Yeah. Because I was completely lost in that first one that I read, and I just thought, I'll just, I'll just wait for it all, and then see where I go.
1: I was completely lost,
2: probably until
1: like midway through Powers of X, like four. They did that mm. they did that double week where it was powers of x three and then powers of x four back to back, and I was like, "Oh, this is starting to make sense. Um, like the back to back to back there really kind of centered everything for me, and then the big reveals in this issue, you're like, "Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, yeah, and then it all kind of clicks from there,
4: mhm,
0: like I said, they kind of take you back to the beginning. At one point in the, you know, they show you that angle that you didn't get to see the first time, with uh, okay. with those first couple of pages, okay. and you piece okay. it together, and you're just like, "Word, mm.
4: <laughs> so. I knew it." Yeah, well, I
0: I had no idea, but it all makes sense now, and it's exciting. I think it I think it sets a really cool thing for X Men going forward, and I think that with like the new toys that Hickman's been building throughout this series. I think that the writers and the creative teams are going to have a lot of fun playing with them.
1: Yeah. The, the new so. kind of status quo of like Krakoa and the nation and all that stuff. I mean, if all of that infrastructure is still there, it's, it's crazy.
4: It's better than battle world.
1: All right. <laughs> battle world was very different.
3: Sorry. <laughs> right. Let me all right. let me just quickly jump into the Batman morass. Bob, uh, here here's the thing. Here's the thing, Joey. I was really, really enjoying this issue. Not the last one as much, but this one really was striking me as a throwback to those issues into the 30s where we were all falling in love with the love story that Tom King was telling with Selena and Bruce. And I was really enjoying this issue. Their personal moments, the little interlude in, in the deli, and so on. That full page spread of the sunset is one of my favorite pages in his run. I turn the page, and well, actually, I turn the page and get a real a lovely two page spread of Sheich's Harleen. Um, we get a Batman Catwoman on the water. Okay. I'll deal with that. Then we, 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 we end it into a sequence where, okay, there's a GoPro hanging off Catwoman's uh, tuchus pointing at it. We're, we're a a, a, a two-page spread into Magpie's uh, architecture. Shall I Cleavage say it that man. way? <laughs> Cleavage. Yes, and uh, it just took me right out of the book. And... We get a full page spread that's lovely, except why does it have to be that camera angle? Um, I get it. it. It it took me out of the story. Those four or five pages in a, in a in a six page, seven page sequence really took me out of a book that I was really, really enjoying. So like the issue, like where it was headed. And bam, it slapped me upside the head.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I don't, I agree. I mean that those, yes, I will say this too. And the they made the big Batman announcement this week as well, that after Tom King's off, it's going to be James Tynan, and Tony Daniel. Right? Is that, mm-hmm, yes. the announcement. And then yeah. I was like, oh, I love James Tynan awesome writer backstagers throw it up man i will pour one out for that book for the rest of my life that is the greatest comic of all time uh it is a very safe move on dc's part to put that in to have tony daniel continue drawing batman after freaking years of that kind of aesthetic which clayman is playing into as well here um it, there's nothing kind of dyman, dynamic or addressing some of these concerns that you're raising, Bob, you know, like clay Clayman's man's work is Tony is very similar to Tony Daniels work. And the kind of, um, uh, sexualization, if you will, of some of these mm-hmm. characters, I think will continue under that too. Uh, I love James Tynan. It's very exciting. He did detective and we liked yes, his the, early detectives. Absolutely. Detective great. great. Yeah. But, um, it's a it's a very safe it's a very safe handover for DC to 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 take the book from 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 Tom and everybody and move it over to to just James yeah. Tynan and and Tony Daniel.
3: And I just read today that there'll be some sort of collaboration with Scott Snyder, who is putting is going to set up a whole sequel to Metal hey. that will oh, yeah. interact with the Batman books.
1: Get out of here, Scott Snyder.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, how could how can I touch on these stories that has been and not do Batman? Because you know, I like Batman. His but, other okay, Batman's Scott. been good. Yeah, his little the self-contained,
1: th- but come on, we need to move away. Metal. Metal bleh. Put Geordie, whoa Jordi, on the book.
3: They had a whole list of people with odds. I, I think the the highest odds were for Jeff Johns doing it, like five thousand to one. But Hey, on that list, uh, there were some other people who might have been not safe choices, but interesting choices. You have Joel Jones doing... Go ahead, go ahead, Sarah. They're
2: never going to put an interesting choice on their flagship book, though. It's always going to be a safe choice. I don't think we're we're ever going to see an interesting choice on a Bat book. Not not on the lead Batman title. Maybe on Detective or or on the other ones, but I don't think they're ever going to put somebody who wouldn't be considered a hundred percent safe bet on that book yeah but call me a pessimist
1: yeah but look they took it's it's not the same but having having g willow on wonder woman and 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 kelly sue on on aquaman Mm -hmm. those are those are at least creatively i mean we i can't speak to a lot of the other books because i've just fallen off of a lot of them since the the 52 relaunch or the rebirth relaunch excuse me Mm -hmm. um those are those are great books that are very yeah. getting a lot of critical buzz. Again, you're right though. Like in terms of moving the books, well, here's the other thing: Batman's With gonna Gail move. Ba- would Gail Simone on if Batman, Batman have Bat- been a bad choice? Batman is gonna move. Like this is the thing about Batman, yeah. right? Like it's gonna move. If I wrote it, it would sell. <laughs> and and it's a real bummer that DC isn't taking a bolder step. And frankly, the bolder steps that that Marvel has always teased us with, but never actually taken.
3: This is also true. Yeah.
1: Like for, for, there's a, re- DC needs to make a move like that. They need to. And otherwise it, like the DC is going to have this kind of uh, appearance of being even more of a boys club than Marvel is, you know, in terms of the, big mm, yeah. um, in terms of the <laughs> style of the books, in terms of the, the who's writing the books. Marvel's got the same I don't album. think
0: that DC is worried about offending the talking comics hosts <laughs>
3: with their book. <laughs> exactly.
0: That is the least of their no,
3: concerns. No. But I, it, it it definitely keeps their audience from growing in those other directions. That for whatever 10,000 people were buying some of the oddball Marvel titles, they were crafting new audiences who then went and bought other titles and maybe even in other formats. DC is making a great leap into those young adult novels. Yeah. Yeah. And that's marvelous. Why don't you take some of that aesthetic, some of that forward thinking, whoever's running that little division, and say, Hey guys, yeah. maybe we could come over <coughs> here with some Bennett, of that. Bennett
1: would be great. Like what's Marguerite yes. Bennett doing? Steve Orlando would be great too. Wasn't he doing Nightwing? And then, he would yeah. have been a
0: great choice. Yeah. And, great. and
1: Mar- Martian Manhunter. Like that book is, is awesome. And, uh, I'm surprised that they, again, I love James Tynan. I really do. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He did detective, he's been in the sandbox. Bring somebody else in. That's, that's, and the, and the bigger issue for me, and ties into Bob, your criticisms of, of number 79 is to put Tony Daniel back on art. Like, it's just, it's more of that same aesthetic, which I get. You know, you want the, you want the book to look like Batman. And we don't know how long the run is going to be and we don't know what the content's going to be. But it's just like it's like more of the same. It's more of the same and it feels like it's more boring. of the same.
0: It's a boring announcement. Yeah.
1: You know, I
0: love Tynan as well. I think he's wonderful. I just as far as the excitement level goes, I kind of saw the news and I was like, oh,
3: that makes sense. Yeah. And I moved on. So, yeah, he was, I think, the two to one favorite to get the book. He was odds on favorite. Mm hmm. Uh, I would just like to say that there was a
0: nice helping of bat abs and bat package in this issue as well.
3: Mm.
1: And uh, they had the classic, uh, like weren't bad. <laughs> they had, I like when they took off the mustache. Incredible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was I, love the, uh, I love the, I love the innuendo with the bird and the, the sexy bird scene. Yes, yeah. I was yes. like classic, classic, uh, you know, uh, gun in the holster, Nick Fury, Contessa moment, right there.
0: Mm-hmm. What it I think? Um, yep. Tom King was posting about it. Said something about the, uh, oh, the classic colorful parrot cutaway or something <laughs> like that. Anyway, Batman, ladies and gentlemen, always a point of contention here on the Talking Comics <laughs> podcast. Almost done. Ba-da-ba-ba-da. What I said? Almost done. It is almost done. Hang it in. All right. Um, I asked you my question about the X. Excited for those books that you mentioned because I did not know about them. It's Sarah's turn. Hi. Okay. I'm going to put five minutes on the clock for you and go.
2: Okay, I am going to be all over the shop today. I'm going to start with a book called Glass Hood by Matt Garvey, Graham Puttock, Stefano Parvin, Michael Rea and Roberto Klamer. This book is a take on the idea of the crook gone straight who has to go back to his life of crime for one last job. Um, It opens with the criminal being released from jail 20 years after he's gone back for one last job. He's no longer the glass hood, but he is just a man hellbent on revenge against the superhero that put him behind bars. Um, The art is done in a very sketchy, black and white noir style right up until the point that it isn't. Partway through the book, for reasons that I don't want to give away because of the part they play in the narration, the book switches to a brightly colored golden age style of comic. um, And it really makes the narrative shift pop out. Um, As always, I'm trying not to give anything away, but Glass Hood is both visually and thematically interesting. It's a new take on an old idea. And I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on these creators to see what they all do next. Full disclosure, I was sent a copy of this by the writer, Matt Garvey. Um, If you are interested to find out more, he is at MattGarvey1981 on Twitter. The book is available to buy. You can go to mattgarvey.bigcartel.com. But this is a group of young creators who have put something really, really special together. So I just wanted to give them a bit of a shout out because I very, very much enjoyed Glass Hood. Um, I am now going to talk about a book that's actually coming out today, um, which is, I don't know if it's called SF, SX or if it's called Safe Sex. It's, (laughs) It's slightly confusing, it's actually in previews as SFSX Safe Sex Number One by Tina Horn. Such a good name. Michael Dowling and Steve Wands. Um, I had the pleasure, pun wholly intended, of reading a preview of this new image release. Um, it's got an absolutely stunning cover from Tula Lote, which is what first made it, um it catch my eye. Um, first things first, this book is adult with a capital A. It is top shelf. It needs a brown bag over it. It is filthy. <laughs> it, genuinely, it is filthy in all the very best ways. You've got to have um, a fake ID to buy it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not for kids. Um, it's set in an America that's been run for 10 years by a puritanical religious group, ironically called The Party, um, where anything other than sex for procreation is frowned upon. Um, and you have to register all of your activity um our narrator avery is a sex worker who enjoys her job and all the perks that it brings um but following a raid at the dirty mind an undercover (laughs) nightclub that she frequents we flash forward three years to a straight-laced avery trying to hide her true feelings and her true nature and fit in with society and um it isn't going so well um, there's kind of a calamitous series of events that basically send the life Avery has been building just crashing down around her ears and we get to see some of her unusual skill sets. Um, there is a sequence. <laughs> I want to call it a fight sequence. Um, it's absolutely brilliant it is a really really great first issue there's a lot of fun world building going on especially around the ideas of feminism and masculinity as portrayed by the party and also by the underground sex workers um, I am very much looking to see forward to seeing where this book goes so safe sex mm. um, <laughs> next up i <laughs> sticking with the theme of things that are quite grown up, I want to just briefly touch on The Boys, um, the Amazon Prime TV show. Um, so you've got Carl Urban as Billy Butcher, Jack Quaid as Huey Campbell, Anthony Starr as Homelander and Aaron Moriarty as Starlight. Um, I think I briefly mentioned this once before. I know I talked about it on Twitter with regards to Carl Urban, not Keith Urban, despite the number of times I get those two mixed up. Um, and his frankly embarrassing attempt at an English accent, but, but I am so glad I stuck with this show. There is a whole lot of humor here that appeals to my dark side, which I am assuming comes from the source material because Garth Ennis. Um, If you are unfamiliar with Garth Ennis's particular brand of comic book humor, he also wrote Preacher. So, There are some things that The Boys does very well, and there are some things that it does badly. But as a pastiche of the superhero genre and a critical view of our world at the moment, I think it hits a lot of its targets. Um, The relationship between Homelander and Stilwell, the character of Frenchie, the weird convoluted dynamic between Huey and Starlight all kept me watching. Um, I felt that the deep and queen Maeve in particular had some unfinished storylines. I'm hoping that we get a second series so that we can come back and see a oh, bit yeah, more. There
0: of... is. Totally.
2: Brilliant. Good. Cause I need to know what's going on there. Um, the deep in particular, I don't want to go too much into it, but the last episode, it kind of finished and I was like, did we miss a scene? Did, like that he, he, he takes some actions and then I kind of expected there to be something more. Um, There is one particular episode which makes several references to the Spice Girls. Um, It's brilliant and it's hilarious. And there was one scene that I was cackling so much with laughter that I had to pause it and rewind it a bit and watch it again because it, I mean, it's just, it's awful. When you see the scene with the dolphin. (laughs) (laughs) i literally watched it like three times cracked up laughing every time i'm a terrible person and i'm going to hell but i'm okay with that um and lastly nothing to do with comics but i want to touch on it briefly because i wanted to let joey know i went to the theater joey the
1: theater
2: the theater i actually went to the theater and i saw macbeth (gasps) you saw Macers. Yes, I did. I saw it um, Monday night of this week. It's a production at the Chichester Festival Theatre. It has got John Sim in the title role, who isn't Simon Pegg, despite me thinking they were the same person for about 10 years of my life. (laughs) Um, And it's got Derla Kirwan as Lady Macbeth. um, And it's got absolutely brilliant staging. All of the costumes, it's very... um, Late 1930s, early 1940s costuming. Classic, classic. Ooh. But full Shakespearean script. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Um, absolutely brilliant. The guy who plays Macduff was just... Like, you could have had a pin drop when he was talking. He was absolutely outstanding. Um, but yeah, if anybody is on the South Coast and fancies going to the theatre... Um, (laughs) then Macbeth is on at the Festival Theatre and I got tickets for £10 yeah wow like yeah like it wasn't even sold out I don't know how but I took Bella Um, the only thing I would say is um, be prepared for your bum to go numb because it's like a three hour show plus interval
1: wow Um, they messed up then because that show should be 80 minutes long
2: oh no it is long Um, and yeah but really really good um. Yeah, completely opposite to The Boys, which is also <laughs> well, really, really good. Well,
1: actually, well, I don't know if that's true. It's probably pretty, pretty similar. Um, there's gonna, a lot of there's blood a, uh, in The Boys. There's a Mackers come into New York starring uh, Corey Stoll, a.k.a. Uh, Yellow Jacket from Ant-Man.
4: <gasps>
2: oh yeah <laughs> really yeah yeah
4: yeah
1: i will definitely be
2: getting tickets oh. for that one that would be amazing also i did go on the first night and there were some hiccups
1: it happens it's the yeah. theater. it is live it's the theater,
2: theater. Uh, it is live theater but yeah it was really good but um yes the boys basically makes me feel bad about all the things that i laugh at in it which which is effectively what Preacher also does, um, but if you haven't seen the boys, please watch it because oh, it's terrible in Yay. such a good way.
0: I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. It only gets better with every episode.
2: The um the scene with the landlord, <laughs> oh, which is in like ridiculous. <laughs> mm, I actually I was trying to persuade one of my um current work colleagues to watch it, and she was like. I don't really want to watch it. I don't really read comics. I was like, look, I'm just gonna show you one scene. Okay. And I showed her that one scene and she went home that night and watched five episodes. Wow. <laughs> Which probably says more about her than it does about anything else. But yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Apparently Amazon had gotten way behind the boys before it even aired, I think. They announced a second season for nice. it before it even premiered. So they're uh, they're filming it now. So we're we're definitely getting another at least another 10 episodes i would imagine awesome yeah yeah pretty crazy finish as well like there's definitely there's a lot to to pick up on from there uh that show made me really really sour that we're not getting another uh season of deadly class because i thought that that was absolutely fantastic and it would have been really cool If somebody would have picked that up for a second season, you could have had two awesome shows, but no.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Also, speaking of, speaking of adaptations, I just want to say a massive, massive thank you to um, Owen and all of the staff at CGC and Chichester, because they very kindly gave me the um, Umbrella Academy hardback special edition, library edition, oversized thing for my birthday. And um, it's absolutely beautiful. And it's sitting in front of me at the moment and it's gorgeous. Um, So yeah, thanks guys. Uh,
0: I do have a question for you about safe sex.
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You (laughs) mentioned that that. there was a fight sequence. Oh,
3: okay.
0: You mentioned that there was a fight sequence, correct? Yes. Were there any dildo nunchucks?
2: Um, No, there is a particularly impressive use of a stiletto, Um, But the fight sequence is in the um, part of time where she's trying to be a bit more of a good person. Um, There are a number of dildos in this book. Um, I'm looking at it now. I'm not quite sure how they got at that angle. Um, (laughs) That just looks uncomfortable. Oh, there's one. Um, Yeah, There's, there's... pain there's a lot of it and all right but there's, but there's also other stuff it's not it's not just nakedness there is like actual plot going on here it's got a bit of a um almost like a bit of a uh tale thing going on um okay. and there's lots of um you get kind of lots of tv screens in the background and you get to hear what's being said about them um a new report shows that cleanups over the past few years have reduced exploitation in the bay area by 67% a stunning oh, improvement a that has made san francisco more family friendly for all so there's a lot of kind of gentrification and purification going on and trying like the the party trying to twist it to say that it's it's feminism and we're having gender equality but there's also like billboards that say things like feminine standards and purity will set you free and it just makes me laugh because it's ridiculous like you have to file paperwork after you've had sex (laughs) naturally for for real um so yeah it's it's got a definite sort of dystopian how tail thing going on but it also has some very rude sex oh i hadn't even noticed him doing that before
0: (laughs) (laughs) but it's no chainsaw reindeer is what you're saying
2: no, I'm saying this is a good book and people should read it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> When's that other sexy book you were talking about coming out?
2: Um, I think it's the week after next. Okay. Um, Money Shot. Money Shot, that's it. Money Shot.
0: Good times. All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, does anybody have any other questions or comments for Sarah about safe sex or Glass Hood? <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, which both sound like sex. Yes, no, I'm not, yeah, I'm not following <laughs> that
0: all right, Let's move on. It's story time, folks. Uh, I have got an emotional crusher for you this week. I wrote a novel about it, so you could either tune out or you could stick with us as I go through uh, this next title. Uh, I had a bit of a week uh, comic book wise, and landed on this book, and I didn't want to talk about anything else. Except for Guts, a graphic novel by Arena Talgemeyer, published by Scholastic. Gonna read from the back of the book. Raina wakes up one night with a terrible upset stomach. Her mom has one too, so it's probably just a bug. Raina eventually returns to school, where she's dealing with the usual highs and lows, friends, not friends, and classmates who think the school year is just one long gross out session. It soon becomes clear that Raina's tummy trouble isn't going away, and it coincides with her worries about food, school, and changing friendships. What's going on? So that's the back of the book. This is my thing for this podcast. Strap in. Ah. Much like Reina's other scholastic novels, Smile, Sister, and Drama, Guts serves as an autobiographical retelling of some of her most awkward and illuminating years as an adolescent. While Smile centered around her weathering several years of dental and orthodontic surgery, after suffering from a serious mouth indus- uh, injury, industry, <laughs> Guts delves into Reina's discovery of having yet another bodily misfire, IBS. IBS also known as Irritable Bowel Syndrome. What up? For me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Guts is a story about strength. It's about growing into an illness and coming to terms with the fact that you're not broken, you're just a touch different. It's obviously a very personal story, but one that I believe everyone can identify with on some level. It's also a story about concealment and being afraid of sharing private things about ourselves, ...with others who might not accept or understand them. Uh, After all, children can be cruel, and asking them to wrap their prepubescent minds around the intricacies of an invisible affliction is a mighty tall order. Um, Many of them will make up their own minds about what you have going on, and some of them will even spread terrible rumors about you out of frustration for not being able to comprehend your situation. I've seen it happen. Uh, But the most important part about coping with an illness you don't understand is to seek help and to try and open up to those who are looking to help you. Guts is a lot about self-surrender and being willing to accept that certain aspects of life are beyond your control. It's about letting go and letting others in. It's an honest, entertaining, charming, and inspiring read that kept me on the verge of tears for 208 pages. And then I read page number 209 and sobbed like a little baby. Three little words. That's all it took. And I crumpled like a, I don't know, balled up paper in the rain or whatever you want to. Oh my God, I was a mess. Uh, for the record, I picked this uh, novel up without having read the synopsis. I didn't need to hear the pitch. If you put Raina Telgemeier's name on it, I'm going to read it. It is just that simple. I absolutely love her other works. Uh, she's an amazing creator. Uh, I wish that, honestly, I wish that you all could have seen the wheels turning in my head as it dawned on me that this book was about uh, growing, growing into, and managing. IBS, it's an ailment that is commonly associated with Crohn's disease, which I've been uh, living with for 23 years now, uh, on top of two open heart surgeries and other things like that. Uh, I still remember the very first day that I'd gotten sick with Crohn's. It was August 12th, 1994. I know that because I'd ordered the broadcast of Woodstock 94, a pay per view. For that weekend, while my parents were away on business and my grandparents were looking after me. It took the doctors a total of three years to diagnose me. And during that time, I'd become skeleton thin while waiting for answers. I weighed 70 pounds and was in my first year of junior high. To say that people talked would be an understatement. If you would like an example... I moved away from my old school during the summer of my 10th year. And so I started my 11th year at another school. And one day at work while working in the same town, somebody walks into the store and literally fell to their knees crying because they found out that I was alive. When I asked her what the hell she was talking about it, well, she was talking about, she said that there was a rumor going around the school that over the summer I had died of AIDS. So there you have it. Uh, Anyway, I'm doing my best not to turn this into a whole thing, even though I totally have, but suffice to say that I identified really hard with guts. Uh, I know what it's like to be the host of an invisible disease and to have that illness run your life for a great many years. I've had surgeries. I've carried around my own intestines in a bag. I've lived with three open mucotaneous fistulas for three years, the acid from my stomach burning a rectangle shape into my skin because that's where the gauze used to go. Uh, my stomach is now a mess of scars and memories, and some of them I will never forget. Uh, but like Laura Wilson says, don't make then now, don't make then forever. I'm happy to say that currently I feel the best that I've ever felt in over 23 years. I've managed to find the right medication, the right diet, the right amount of exercise, even though I could stand to do more. That starts tomorrow night. Uh and I found the support that I need in Bronwyn to remain healthy and remain encouraged to do so. Um, as the doctors have said, I'm in remission and I hope that it lasts forever. So yeah. So guts was a huge uh, roller coaster for me uh, over the weekend and I absolutely loved it. Uh, there you have it. <laughs> that was Anybody. Cool.
1: That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that book's
2: Joey. gonna ruin me isn't it oh my god it's so good
0: yeah joe you talk about it for a yeah I think so
1: I've... i remember last year at, at comic-con I, I i snuck into the uh reina panel it was at the one of those like side venues it was like the loft where you had to like go in the in the freight elevator and go up up oh. to the it's a crazy beautiful venue but you had to get tickets in advance and i was like. Yo, do you think there's gonna be like room or whatever? And the guy was like, "Come on in, whatever." So I didn't really sneak in. Some guy let me in, whatever. Anyway, um, (laughs) and I like cried at that panel. She's just an amazing human, and and loves Mm. telling her stories through comics. We read ghosts together, and yeah, uh, so many amazing stories have come out of her pen. And she did this wonderful thing where she kind of like sketched while she was talking to us and it was beautiful and wonderful and 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 at the end of the at the end of the panel she said and next year there's a new book coming out and it's guts and people lost their shit <laughs> like uh-huh. people started screaming <laughs> little the kids were like crying boys girls it was wild i loved it um so when i saw this book i saw first first i saw that it was coming out and then i saw your email about it steve And I was like, I I have to read it. I was going to wait a little bit, maybe wait till it was on digital, whatever, and then I was going to get it. But uh, I was like, I have to read it. I have to read it so I can talk about it with Steve. Um, And it it wasn't digital, so I was upset about that. So I literally, (laughs) last night, called the bookstore and I was like, do you have copies of Guts? He was like, yes. I was like, put one aside for me. And I, I, after I made that phone call, I ran to the bookstore, bought the book and read it (laughs) because I was like, I need to read this because I I knew it was going to be an important book. Um, I loved it. She has such an uncanny ability to make her personal stories universal, uh, to make them about our, our, everyone's fears and the experiences growing up and everything, uh, everything you said i don't want to take away from any of that so i'll just let what you said stand the one thing i will add to it is that with this book reina Tagamire is at the top of her game as an artist um the aesthetic of it is very similar to smile and sisters and and drama is that what it's called the mm-hmm. third one yeah Th- yeah Aesthet- aesthetically it's that but the 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 cleanliness of her craft, the way that the panels are sequenced. And I noticed this book in particular, the way she's playing with um, uh, design elements like words and lettering and and the word bubbles Mm -hmm. themselves and the emanata coming off of the heads and like the actual craft of comics. Like she is a master, an absolute master of it. And um, it's funny because we like when we read. Making Friends um, by Friend of the Pod, uh, Kristen Kutsnek. Uh I remarked on a lot of the same th- techniques, right? A lot of the similar kind of like artistic quirks that make that book tick. And for the first time reading a Rita Taubenmeier book, I-, 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 I felt her playing with those techniques as well. Um, and I love that. It's what makes the medium great, and it's what makes these these the the comic book form such a wonderful and versatile form as well. The way that she captures anxiety, the way that she captures fear, the way that she even captures farts in this book <laughs> yeah. are just so. <laughs> Who is it the anatomy of a fart or a, something like so, that? It's so good, and it's so creative and so fun, but it's rooted in something that only this this form can do um she's just one of the best and to know that what we're reading in this book is her own way of dealing with the anxieties that she explores in the book it's it's profound and absolutely wonderful and uh one of the best things i've ever read let alone read read this year and truly truly for all ages as well which is is what makes her books which, which makes her body of work so so amazing. You know, I was reading this on the, on the train to work this morning and there was an mm-hmm. inkling in my head that was like, I wonder if people are like wondering why I'm reading this like scholastic kids comic. And I was like, fuck that. I'm reading this book because it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, like there's just like a brief little bit of doubt. But then I put my feet on the ground and I breathed and I was okay. Um, ah there you go yeah and it was it was just astounding and i i do hope that that bob and sarah you get to read it and uh i'm sure that either steve or i will 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 bring it up again at the end of the year
2: i will definitely be reading it but unfortunately it doesn't come out in the uk until um halfway through november
1: you know and i will say this too i was surprised that there wasn't a digital release you can get it on kindle yeah, But I was surprised it wasn't in Comixology because I feel like we read Ghosts through Comixology. I, I feel like yes, Ghosts was, yeah. Ghost was also Scholastic. So I'm wondering what the logic was behind not releasing it on Comixology. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it will next week. Who knows? Yeah, um,
3: a little bit of a delay yeah. to let it really sell to... Him. Barnes and Nobles and those yeah, sort of places. but I was surprised,
1: maybe, yeah. and uh, obviously, when I called the bookstore, I was like, "Do you have copies of of Raina Telgemeier's Guts?" And he was like, "We have tons of copies." <laughs> yeah, there were. I went to chapters. Yeah. There were a bunch of copies as well. Because it moves, and uh, from and and Whitley, um, Whitley, tweeted about it too, and he was like, "This is the number one book right now." Like this is. The he was one actually bestseller.
0: the one that alerted me that it was out because yeah. I had been looking forward to it and just lost track of time, and then when he tweeted his thread I was like oh my god yeah. and I immediately went to the bookstore
4: yeah
1: and the whole thread is also great to read because it's about you yes. know why aren't these books the ones that are moving in comic book shops and the sad part is a lot of comic book retailers kind of responded and was like we just don't have kid sections or like we do have a kid wow. section and and it moves stuff but other shops just don't so it's 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 rough but this is like you want comics at its best check out check out uh guts man
0: uh speaking of checking out guts if i can uh drop a little bit of a bomb on my fellow co-host here if you're worried about the book not coming out until november why not pick it up next week when you're here in new york
2: I probably am going to. I just wanted to make that point for other people in the UK that oh, will be in New okay. York next week. <laughs> yeah, Sarah's going to buy on my...
1: 120 copies of Guts and sell it at a heavy markup <laughs> in the UK. At
3: street corners. Get, you, get, oh, you, you, get your you guts eat. here. Get your guts here. I got that new Raina Talgenmeyer. Come on. Uh, get your stuff um, yeah.
0: you hooked up. I was, um, so I, I like I said, I, I didn't know what the book was about. I didn't, I didn't need to know. I just picked it up, but I saw the cover and I saw the face on the cover and I just went, no, like there's no way, like, there's no way that this is going to be about like stomach related issues as a kid or anything like that. Like I just, I, it's about nervousness and whatever. And it was about that, but it was about so much more than that. And I just. For those of you, obviously you now have a clue a little bit more into uh, my medical past just th- that stuff for so 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 long was such it was it was my life i i lived in and out of the hospital i would be gone from school for three weeks i would come back for two days i would be gone for two months like it just i didn't play gym for the last seven years of schooling And had shit thrown at me from whether it be dodgeballs or clothes or towels or whatever. I ended up working in the uh, gym teacher's office with my Walkman uh, doing file work. And that was how I passed my PE classes. People hated me for it. Uh, All kinds of stuff. And, you know, reading this book and identifying with it as much as I was, I was afraid that this was going to be like the Steve book. And 'm gonna I'm going to put it up on such a pedestal that other people won't be able to appreciate it the way that I did, and blah, 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 and stuff like that. But as I'm reading it and I'm realizing that this book and the stuff going on in it, this applies to everybody. This is about fears in, in general and being affected by those fears and and, you know, uh, resulting from them. But, Everybody has things about themselves that they either keep hidden because they think other people won't understand or they just don't bring it to the forefront because they're afraid of being judged and and all of these things. And this book deals with that in such a brave and lovely way. And I think that it can it can teach a lot of young readers a lot about themselves. And I think it could teach adults a thing or two as well. And, uh, yeah, I found a lot of comfort in it. I'm glad that it exists, and I mean, I, I loved every single page of it, and I can't wait to read it again.
4: Awesome. So there you
0: go, guts. Rina Talgameyer. All right. Uh, before, actually, now we'll do. Uh, we'll just. will roll right into open discussion. Why not? Why? Is everybody ready? Let's do it. I need to. I need to pour more wine. But yes, go ahead. Okay. So. Uh, Not that long ago, we had Mr. John Allison on the podcast. Go uh, back and listen to that episode. It was amazing. Uh, Thank you very much, Joey, for setting that up for us. Yeet! I was going to say, this is the part where you say, no problem, man.
1: Yeet! (laughs) City!
0: Okay. (laughs) So this week, uh, Steeple number one is out Words and Art by John Allison, Colors by Sarah Stern, and Letters by Jim Campbell. Here's the scoop. Priest-to-be Billy Baker is on her way to the seemingly quiet town of... Oh boy. tragedy I can't do it! Tredrain. Tredrain? Okay. Sarah? <laughs> Just listeners, T R E D R E G Y N. How would you pronounce
3: that, listeners? Send us a poll. Right. Yeah. Okay.
2: Sarah, Please. help us. Help us, Sarah. Well, the the thing is, you see, is that it's set in Cornwall. So it might be pronounced the way it's spelt. So it might be pronounced Tregeddon, Or it might be pronounced Tradane, or it might be pronounced Tradrain. It's Cornwall. You can pronounce it how you like, because it's not going to make any sense All anyway. i right, I'm gonna no I'm gonna make to I'm gonna pick one,
0: and I'm gonna read this thing. <laughs> priest to, priest to <laughs> be Billy Baker is on her way to the seemingly quiet town of Drain, where, where Reverend Penrose awaits the arrival of his new curate, someone who will help him sort the sinful and sinister underbelly of his beloved berg. After a spot of car trouble, Billy finds herself on the back of a motorcycle driven by one Maggie Warren. Maggie works down at the Victoria, where Billy nips out out for a bit of the devil's medicine. After a few pints and perhaps making a few new friends, Billy returns home to discover that a stranger is lurking in the local graveyard. And they don't seem like any God made thing that Billy has ever seen before.
3: Bum, 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 bum. Bum. You don't see eye to eye. Ah. Oh. So that's the setup.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you, I drank this book in like a cool drink. I think that somewhere between Giant Days and By Night that I forgot what it was like to have so much of John Allison's art and to watch him introduce new characters I love his style, and I would go so far as to say that Steeple has some of his best work to date. His characters and environments look really clean here, and you can see a lot of that, like those giant days' expressiveness reflected in the faces of these new characters. Uh, I also like Billy. I think she's smart, she's sassy, and she's got this life-is-a-grand-adventure attitude that I sort of admire. I really enjoy stories about strange towns as well, and steeple has something of an at world's end or hot fuzz kind of vibe mm-hmm. to it.
4: <laughs>
0: uh, the rest of the cast is a lot of fun and I'm anxious to see how the story develops in short. Uh, I'm curious as to whether or not the factions that were introduced to in this first issue, if they're going to be at odds the whole time, or if they're going to have to band together for a common purpose It has yet to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe this is five
2: issues this story
4: yes. at so. the
2: moment it's a mini but um he did tweet i think it was megzy um that was like please tell me it's ongoing and he said at the moment it's a mini but as with anything if it sells well who knows
3: yes yeah we've met, ended up with 54 plus issues of giant days so there you go yeah
0: so yeah i had a lot of fun with it i thought it was a great first issue I I could have used more of it. Like, I kept turning the pages. I got to the last page, and I was like, what? That's it? Uh, But that just (laughs) means that I wanted more. So that's a good thing. So super looking forward to the next issue. Love the vibe of it. And uh, it was funny. Like, I I genuinely laughed for, for a majority of the book. There's some monster stuff in there that was really cool. And I've never really realized until now how much I... Uh, Erica Henderson's art and John Allison's remind me of one another. But I saw a lot of like squirrel girl faces mm-hmm. in this issue.
3: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just I had a really good time with it. Bob, what would you think? Oh, I absolutely loved it. And as you say, it's the character work and that's in the words and the pictures. And we, I, I have to remark on Sarah Stern's colors, which are very much Uh, just very much a large part of setting the mood, particularly the nighttime sequences are just Mm -hmm. done so well. But Billy, as she's heading out to this, to the pub, it's, I definitely wouldn't just be going to the pub if I put my collar on. And then sneaks out a window to go to a bar. But she's trying to do parochial work, trying to meet the community. Maggie's wonderful. You get to see, as you say, there are some factions, but it seems that there might be a split in one of the factions, uh, Reverend Penrose is a lot of fun. Mrs. Clovis is the usual uh, sort of above-it-all, house housemother type who's his housekeeper. Just really well done. Lots of little bits. If if I had seen this book before we had Mr. Allison on, when Billy's car goes bedunk
4: mm-hmm.
3: and goes on fire, I believe that is a complete and utter reference to a Stanley Donnan film called Two for the Road with Albert Finney and Audrey Hepburn, where they're a young married couple driving a, an MG convertible through Europe. Did you hear that badunk? And it ends up his car catches on fire and they fill it with foam in the hole. It's, it's a, it says Bedonk on the page. It says bedunk. There are references to his other work in the sense of... As you say, Steve, it's the expressions. It's the body language. These are genuinely real people in an unreal or surreal setting. The humor is there, but it's because it's genuine. This Mm -hmm. was just absolutely wonderful. I can see that we'll have shifting focuses as we go as who we like and who we don't like. And things may go into odd places. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Indeed. Uh, Sarah, what do you think?
2: Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I got lots of um I got some definite Father Ted vibes. I don't know if you've yes, you seen yes, oh, yeah. Father, really Father, Father Ted. Yes. I definitely got some Father Ted vibes. I also got from Mrs. Clovis, I'm racking my brains and I cannot think what it's called and if anyone who is listening can help me out on this, there was a short lived TV show about three years ago about, um, a former soldier who decided to train as a priest and he went back to his old parish and it was set near Cambridge. But Mrs. Clovis is so much like the housekeeper from that. Um, I, I think that she is going to turn out to be a lot more than she appears at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, as somebody who grew up um, very, very close to a seaside town that relied very heavily on tourism, I absolutely adore the whole faded seaside glamour thing they've got going on when she's taking her through the town and she's like,
4: it just sells tat, (laughs) it's closed all the year, it's a
2: second home, pay no attention. That really, really struck a chord with me. Um, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. When um, When they're in the pub... And just all of the local characters that are in the pub. And he's like, oh, what a nice pub. She only works part-time. It's only nice part-time. That's such a barbed <laughs> comment. So is is it nice the part-time that she is here? Or is it nice the part-time that she's not here? Yeah. <laughs> um, really, really enjoyed it. Loved the little touches like um, Billy going to put her hand in to take some money out of her pocket. And there's a moth coming out. Um <laughs> Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it, especially with the whole, is he mad? Is he drunk? What's going on thing? Um, yeah, can't wait for more. Absolutely cannot wait for more. Really, really enjoyed it.
3: In, in that in that pub sequence, uh, Steve, I'm sure you know you're, you're a band guy, but the uh, the fellow Brian who's wearing a shirt that I guess says Iron Sod. Yes. <laughs> I'd buy their records. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have a I have a question, uh, but uh, I want to get Joey's thoughts on the book okay. first, and then yeah. I'll, I'll ask my
3: question about yeah, I've a got character. Some, I've got some minutia too. Go ahead, Joey.
1: Oh no, I just I agree with everybody. I think it's a really fantastic book. I um, I I Steve, you kind of alluded to this too, but I forgot what it was like to read John Allison from the top. Uh, yeah the by night was by night by night was its own little thing and we knew it was a miniseries it was a different artist than we were used to and it was but it's still the same kind of vibe but that was a while ago that was probably two years now two or two almost three years that that by night started Um, and giant days has been six years right five five years five six years so to read a number one again and to have John Allison and John Allison doing art as well with Sarah Stern on Colors uh, you forget that energy, you forget that vibrancy that he brings to his characters, brings to the world building. Right from the top, you find it charming and whimsical, um, not but not overladen with kind of um, like not not too concerned with overbuilding the world, introducing too many bodies. You know these people right from the jump. It's fun, it's lighthearted, it's weird it's got this this magic to it and to to experience that again from the beginning is very very exciting and i look forward to uh following it through i love the art i think the art is wonderful i think it's something that uh i wish more books looked like uh it's definitely kind of where i'm settling into in terms of like if a book looks like this i'll pick it up um but yeah, I loved it. I loved every second of it. The kind of American werewolf stuff. You know, it's it's uh, it's cool. I like it.
0: Right on, yeah. man. Yeah. Okay. What were you going to say? Go for it. It's just, uh, just an observation and a question. Okay. There is a character I'm trying to open up here and uh, see if I can find their name. Okay, the, the guy in the Iron Sod t-shirt. Brian Fitzpatrick. When he puts okay. his butt
1: out the window? yes yeah. what <laughs> is happening why
0: is he he's lifting the the billiard table he's sticking his ass he's standing on top of the cigarette machine sticking his ass to the moon I'm wondering if he is secretly like some kind of a demon yeah. or some kind of a monster of of some sort yeah, he's, and
1: he's in the demon house at the end of the ep- at the end of the episode at the end of the issue
3: well he's at the the satanic church yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but but Maggie's line to him is if you've got the urge to stick your bare arse out the window, you know that calms you. That's what I'm saying. Well, like, yeah. what do we think is going
0: on with uh, Moon Man over here? We'll <laughs> a, find out
2: soon a, enough, He's I'm a sure. werewolf. He
1: wants to rub up on that's stuff. That's what I thought, yeah.
2: I mean, you I could say something is. I could say something vaguely offensive about people who live in small villages, Um near the sea don't that may do don't it. get out too much. Right. He's picking up the pool table after all. Do it. Well see <laughs> yeah. the first time I read it I'm like, is he picking up the pool table or is he trying to hump the pool table? That's what I read. He's trying to the yeah. pool
3: table. Oh I thought he was picking it up. Yeah
2: he's picking yeah, it up he's... to get
3: the slot where the cue ball comes back out of a, a, a bar pool table to yeah. get it to the proper level. He's pick he's picking it up all right, if you know what I mean. It's... Bob, oh go, wow, wow. Yeah, he's using all his pickup
1: lines. Hey, baby, how's it going? It, pool table.
3: Like, it. want to see my eight ball?
4: No. Oh, Bob! Oh, Bob.
0: Love. Oh, Bob. What? <laughs> Bob, getting into it. Yeah. Broken down. All right, so Bob, what were your what well,
3: were your other here's, observations? Here's something I it's there are little tiny details, and some is just as simple as well. There's one fella in the pub with a a knit cap who's got a rather happy little fish tattooed on his arm, but it isn't that it's you, when you get to the end, there's a character who now is obviously wearing uh, satanic jewelry, but there's another one on the couch next to him with something similar. And I went, no, I, the, the, he just threw that in. No, if you go back in that pub sequence, that same character is wearing those same... I'll just say earrings. Because I did notice the Masonic Eye tattoo. Yes. Which then plays into some other things. And some other things. The the world building and the little touches. As it has been through giant days and by night and bad machinery and scary go-round. It's been all of John Allison's work. Let's hear again. And just as, as everyone's saying to read it from the beginning and not play catch up with trades and and all that we were doing. This is special. This is going to be so much fun over the next, hopefully, not five issues, but maybe five years. Mm -hmm. You're talking
0: comics favorite. Yes.
3: (laughs) Awesome. Yay. All right. Well, another winner, I would say. Or Mr. Allison. And and his... wonderful team absolutely now you get it digitally right i i have the max sarin variant cover oh do you I know. have to, i had to have one of those i mm. might
0: uh i still have to go to my shop and pick up my poll i haven't been going in because i know that once i do i'm going to be tempted <laughs> to get the uh the i hate fairyland second volume hardcover
4: that <gasps> Is wraps that out? up
0: yeah it's out Oh man! It's totally out. It's green and it's gorgeous, and I want it. And Steve is trying not to spend all of his money because he doesn't have any right now. So
2: wow. Sarah's well, looking at her volume one hardcover, so she's clearly going to go buy volume two. That's what I'm
0: saying. I was like, oh, you look—you could use a friend. Uh, and I think <laughs> that's it, though. Like it'll only take it. That was what twelve issues? No, that was more than that. Is there going to be more than two?
2: No. No, to, to the best of my knowledge, it's only going to be two.
4: Mm, okay. Mm. I'll
0: have to take another look at that uh, first one, but I believe you. Ba-bum-bum. It is listener question time. Woo-hoo! Actually, it is it is email and listener question time because the email podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com is alive and well. And uh, we took an email from James this past week. Uh, I'm only reading first names because I think that's a good idea. James says, hey, long time listener, first time caller. Ha-ha. <laughs> Steve, take my money, man, on that Elsa <laughs> Bloodstone comic idea. I would love to take your money if they would let me write that comic book. That would be great. <laughs> you'd, have mine, you'd have mine, too. Sweet. But. Uh, and he also says, "Bob, I'm going to do you one better on the obscure character bit. I want a Lady Luck miniseries written by Gail Simone with art by Amanda Connor. Gail did a good job with some of the kookier aspects of the mob with her stint on Plastic Man, and I think she could mix up the fun with some of the more serious crime-fighting aspects of, uh, and
3: Amanda can deliver the action. Your thoughts? It's." it's- Funny, he says that I was gonna have Gail and Amanda do Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. So, i but I just thought she wasn't obscure enough. I think that's a spectacular idea. Lady Luck was a Will Eisner character back in the oh. old Spirit newspaper days, when that was a newspaper supplement. I think it was Saturdays instead of the usual Sundays. It was in the Philadelphia Inquirer and a few other papers, and she was one of those glamorous, not costumed exactly, but. She wore a really nice dress and fought crime, and yeah, I can I can definitely picture Amanda Conner doing that. And you, you you get into that, how how meta, how crazy that kind of is. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. I'll go with that one.
0: There you go, James. Good you good got job, somebody James. buying your book.
3: <laughs> you got a vote. Awesome. Thank you very much for
0: writing in. Uh, we also got an email from John. Uh, John had uh, a number of things that he wanted to ask. Some of these are real uh, rapid fire. So I think we'll get uh, through a few of them real quick. Others require a bit more thought. Uh, Let's check them out. So first one. Not sure if you've talked about this because I listen to so many episodes in a day and usually can't keep up. But if you haven't, Joey and whoever else has started listening to it. Did you finish season two of the Wolverine podcast? Joey, I think you might be the only yeah. one. <laughs>
1: but it was like, <laughs> Joey and whoever else. I'm like, pretty sure it was just me. Uh, just <laughs> Joey. Yeah, no, I listened to it. I It was awesome. I'm on the last episode. I have about 15 minutes left or so. Um, it's been really great. I love the first season, which was like in Alaska. I talked about it on the show. Marvel did a long night, uh, long, long night's journey something. I, I can't remember the actual full title of the first one. Um, it was really awesome. And Marvel did a comic book adaptation of it too. I haven't gotten the chance to read it in its entirety yet, but I love it. I love the kind of world that it builds. It's, it's like in the world of the X-Men, they mention them vaguely, but it's not the focus. It's a classic Wolverine story, him kind of grunting and growling in the background, solving some murder mystery whatever. Uh season 2 has been in New Orleans. Jason Wingard is kind of the main character mastermind. Ooh. It's been wild. Weapon X is still floating around. The Sentinels take on a new role too. There's this like gang of like mutant hunters, but they're just like louisiana like like dudes and ladies like this I, I can't the woman's name is like old bessie or something like that and she's like <laughs> we gotta go hunt down the wolverine son of a bitch coming out here and shooting them. <laughs> and it's like so fun and and wonderful um and brutal too as well gambit's a character and we all know how much i love gambit it's been really great i love po- i love podcasts obviously we're on one um but they just do a lot with the mixing. They do a lot with the Foley, too, that it is just, it's really cool. And I'm a sucker for some really good, uh, like, narrative podcasts um there aren't many out there that i'm into so when marvel announced that they were doing the wolverine one i was like let's do it just finished definitely worth listening Um, marvel has also announced marvel and stitcher who is their partner on this have announced that their next kind of podcast project is an adaptation of marvel's um, which is amazing the the incredible incredible story alex ross and was it Busek or Mark Wade? I think it was Wade. Was it Wade? It was Wade. Wade and, and Ross and no Wade. Wade's Kingdom Come. Busek is no. Marvels. Are you sure? Are you sure Busek's not Kingdom Come?
3: Well, I'll look it up.
1: Yeah, one of them is one, and then the other one is the oh, other was, one, yeah. and they're both great. You and should they're read both. Both amazing, but they announced that the next one's gonna be Marvels, which I'm so excited about. For those that don't know, Marvels is kind of tells the story of the beginnings of the Marvel universe through the lens of like this like journalist right um which is uh just a great kind of perspective to see galactus invade to see the birth of mutants and the birth of the fantastic four it'll also be really cool to get some of that old like newsroom fully hey give me some yeah. of that newsprint you know i think it'll be really really fun <laughs> um music music right okay so yeah. uh i love it if you're a fan of wolverine if you're a fan of podcasts definitely check it out definitely worth uh, listening to reading wow definitely worth listening to
0: oh
1: nice alright
0: well there you go that's one question down several to (laughs) go that's fantastic though I'm glad that you're
1: enjoying it is that on Spotify uh maybe I get my podcast through the the podcast app like I don't really listen to Spotify a lot although you can listen to talking comics on Spotify now hey woohoo! Uh,
0: I I'm going to check that out while we're answering some of these other questions. Cause I would be curious to, uh, dive into that. I only listen to two other podcasts besides, uh, the ladies of Valhalla. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what's
1: really cool too. Is did you bug, read bug. some of that? Um, did you read some of that old man Logan stuff?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. dude. I love so, that stuff. So
1: they pull a little bit from that as well, which is really cool. Like in the second season, Well, uh, Logan is like trying to find Maureen, who is his like wife in the Old Man Logan series, and his love, as as it were. So when they, so when she ended up being a character in the podcast, I was like, wow, they're like really kind of like digging into the lore here, Um, which was just really cool to see, and and you can tell that they're really paying attention to the character on Marvel's end, and it's not just like some you know licensed out mm. property or whatever.
0: Right, right. Uh, it is, the whole thing is on Spotify.
4: Cool. Yeah, uh, cool. Seasons
0: one and two. Sweet, yeah, I uh, I might go and check that out for myself. Be nice to, to listen to something other than video game podcasts. All righty. <laughs> um, did anybody get to check out Titans season two, episode one?
3: F-Titans.
2: Ha <laughs> um. <laughs> I would like to raise a complaint with everybody in the world who failed to (laughs) tell me that Titan season two was now available because I loved season one of that show. I did
4: too.
2: And I did not know that season two was available. And I got very excited when I saw this question. And then I realized that there are not enough hours in the day and that I would not have time to watch the episode before we recorded this. So, um, John, thank you very, very much for raising the fact that Titan season two is now available. I will watch it and I will, um, send my thoughts out into the ether. Is it the whole season
0: or are they going since it's episode one? Is it weekly is my question.
2: I have absolutely. I think no it idea. might be
0: weekly, but the reason that I haven't checked it out, even though I definitely want to is we, I don't think we have DC universe here in Canada yet. What? Uh, if we do, I don't know about it.
2: Isn't it on Netflix?
0: Uh, it's not on Netflix until after it's done.
2: Oh, uh, well, that's airing. why I don't know about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, unless they're updating their thing, but I have not seen like the little new episodes marker for Titans. So mm-hmm. I've seen um, Amazon has Swamp Thing, but oddly enough, they only have the first four episodes. So I don't know what's up with that. I know there are ten.
1: That might just be in Canada because I don't think Amazon's on. I don't think Swamp Things on Amazon here.
0: All right. Um, the other thing. Um, this is super super quick, but um, I got to check out the first two episodes of Emerald City last night. The um, the first episode was co-written by Kelly Sue DeConnick,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, I don't want to get this. I don't want to get his name wrong, but the. Uh, Director who did the Cell and the Fall, like, Tarsum, really? something. Yeah, yeah
3: he directs. Very good. I like that movie.
0: He directs the first episode of Emerald City, mm. and it shows like it is a straight up hour long. I gotta get this guy's name. This is gonna Tarsim, bother me Tarsim now. Singh. There you go, Tarsum Singh. Yes, very distinctive style. The first episode of Emerald City is it's all him. Like it is absolutely gorgeous it is shot so incredibly just coolly and the the costuming is incredible and and it's really really good is a little bit of a dip in quality once like they got the season order and (laughs) had to kind of stretch the budget across nine more episodes doesn't have that same polish that that pilot did but if anything Watch the pilot because even by itself, the pilot is damn good. We were really, really impressed with it when we were done yeah. watching it last night. Uh, so yeah, I was, uh, I was like, wait a minute, like doesn't didn't Kelly Sue work on that? But I think she
3: was working on it, and then she left the project. I think the project it, it ended up canceled after half the season. There was yeah. a, it was the the year that Mara came to New York Comic Con. Right, twenty seventeen. Su- Right. Kelly Sue wandered into town to do a presentation for NBC about Emerald City. So I got to see the first about 20 minutes at her panel and ran across to see Mara.
4: And, oh, wow. Yeah. OK.
3: Yeah. And, it, and I saw it on, once it was on television. It was sensational. Yeah. And yeah, just what you're saying when, we, when it became a television show and not a what, it, what looked like a major motion picture, the quality was so high. Yeah, and it really good. Writing the acting. Vincent D'Onofrio was incredible. Oh my god, all I can hear is Kingpin from now yeah. on. Whenever the, he speaks, the, the, it's just the, Kingpin. But the female leads were very, very good. We that's some yeah. great stuff going on in that show. And it's sadly, I, I I here's the thing if it wasn't NBC, it might have found a different audience.
0: The woman who plays The Witch of the West oh. reminds me of like a next generation Feruza Balk. Perfect. Who, that's perfect. Right? And like yep. she was in she was in Return to Oz. She was Dorothy in that really? messed up movie that i absolutely oh yeah oh I didn't yeah know, that I was your book wow yeah young first wow. book uh Anna allura is the actress who plays it's just listed as west here on imdb but yeah if you get the chance to check out the first like the pilot episode of emerald city is gorgeous and totally totally worth watching really really enjoyed that all right that kind of ties into our third question sure all right third question Favorite Greek god or favorite mythological deity, Sarah. Medusa. Oh, nice,
4: nice one. Nicely yeah,
2: I'm 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 going straight in with that one. Didn't even need to think about it. The um the idea that Ovid. In his *Metamorphoses*, wrote about how um, Medusa was just this utterly beautiful woman who got raped by Poseidon in Athena's temple, and Athena was like, "You've sullied my temple. I'm gonna turn you into this terrible creature." And it's like, "I'm sorry. She didn't actually do anything wrong." So you I sullied am,
3: her temple.
2: I am 100% <sighs> team Medusa. Um, the fact that she can turn people to stone just by looking at them is something that I aspire to on a daily basis.
3: (laughs) Make a heck of a cosplay Sarah.
2: I actually once went to a Halloween party dressed as Medusa. I, um, I made a sort of Greco Roman style dress out of some white sheets, brand new ones. I'd like to point that out. Nothing (laughs) Um, and then I got, you know, like pipe cleaners. Yeah. I got little pipe cleaners and I plaited all my hair and I stood my hair up um, with these pipe cleaners so it was all standing up on end. And then I got little toy rubber snakes and oh. I bounced those around the pipe cleaners. Do you have models of this? No, oh no! I don't have. I know. You would have um, failed this city. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I will quite happily redo the Medusa costume Please. because it was amazing and it was great fun.
0: All right, uh, Joey, how about you?
1: Well, I was like, a Greek mythology, I'm a big fan of the Orpheus Eurydice myth. Persephone Hades playing that as well. Mythological deity, though, I was like, give me that Sun Wukong, the monkey king. Let's do it. Woo, China. All right, that's me. <laughs> yeah. That's it? That was your answer?
4: Yeah. Good answer. It was the All question right.
1: I answered. What do you want,
3: more? Jesus. I always want more from you. Sure. All right, Bob. <laughs> um, I, I gave a lot of thought to this. And we're, we're going. It does say favorite. So that that does change things. If I were picking the sort of goddess, goddesses that, that speak to me or, or it's well, the, the Greek spirit goddess of madness is mania. So I, I could go down that road. But I think the one that describes my life is. Ate, who's the goddess of ruin, delusion, and folly? <laughs> Just saying.
2: Well, I went down a dark path. Yes, yeah, it did. Really. But if I was saying,
3: if I was saying favorite, it's Aphrodite, the goddess of love and beauty, who breathes life into Wonder Woman. No,
4: so, that's lovely.
3: But yeah, as it's... as a, as mythological deities, these are from this is from an opera, so we, we have to go with this. So it's from the Meistergenossenschaft. Shaft. And um, it would be Schmaltz, the god of slight drizzle, (laughs) and Immergluck, the goddess of the six primary colors.
2: Sounds like you've been reading Terry Pratchett.
3: No, actually, they are from Robert Benchley's Love Conquers All. It's his opera Uh synopsis of this German opera that doesn't exist at all. But Gluck is just such a ridiculous Benchley-esque word, the goddess of the six primary colors. Feel free. Wow. Teams. So
0: I'm a big Kratos fan. <laughs> <lot of> war. <laughs> uh, am I allowed to pick uh, Hugin and Munin, the Ravens?
1: Yes, yes of yes. course. I...
0: All right, look, I don't know like a whole lot about them. I'm not as well versed in this stuff as uh, apparently my co-hosts are, but... I know for a fact that whenever those two birds show up in any story, I get super excited. And I think it just has a lot to do with that. I love blackbirds. I love ravens. I love the idea that they're attracted to jewelry and glittery things and that they will actually take them and hoard them and keep them for themselves to stare at. And I just I don't know. There's something so devious about them that I, I kind of appreciate their bag. So, uh, Hugin and Munin are definitely two of my faves. And I wrote down two other ones. Oh, Kronos is another cool one, the god of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I also am going to put a vote in for Hypnos, who is the god of sleep, because whenever (laughs) I do get some, I enjoy it. And, uh, everybody could always use a bit more Kronos, can always use a bit more time. There's never enough time in the weekend. There's never enough time in the evenings. There's just work and everything else. So,
2: 24 usable hours in every day, Steve.
0: Well, I try to do as much as I can with them. But damn, if I see something that <laughs> distracts me, I lose at least two hours a day staring into the abyss. So <laughs> there you go. Easy to do. Yeah, All right. It's not easy being green. Let's go on to the next question. You just got the latest book you were waiting to read. Paint a picture of how you would read it. Do you have alcohol? Are you on your couch? Are you in bed? Uh, Okay, so we've gotten this question a few times in the past, but we have a lot of new listeners as of late, so it's not a bad time to uh, re-up on this. Uh, I'll go first and super fast. I have two places that I like to read. Uh, I primarily read at night, um, probably around like 10 ish o'clock. Once Bronwyn and I are going to bed, uh, she will read at the head of the bed. I will read at the foot of the bed and I will just ruin my neck and my back, uh, laying on my stomach with my neck craned and reading my iPad or, or whatever else I have going on. Um, so basically late at night, uh, in the bedroom and then, Other place that I like to read is if it's like a weekend in the middle of the day, if Bronwyn's out with friends or whatever, I will open up all of the um, blinds in our living room and let the sun come pouring in. This is how I read Guts the other day, and I will sit at the corner of our couch in the den and with my cat and we just go to town on preferably a physical book because I can only read Digital at night because uh, we turn off all the lights to try and, like, get our brains into sleep mode uh, when we're in there. But anyway, um, and as far as drinks and stuff, uh, I used to drink a lot of whiskey and bourbon when I would uh, sit down to read something. But I have uh, in recent times become a gin man. Ooh. So come together with your plan. Gin G-M-T? man. g and <laughs> uh, No, I Straight prefer... G-M-T gin and soda i don't necessarily like tonic water i like soda water i feel like there's there's something like almost earthy to tonic there there's there's a bit of a different um carbonation or fizz
4: mm-hmm. you gotta to get it.
3: the good you gotta get the good tonic
0: oh like i'll drink either one like if you hand me a gin and tonic or a gin and soda and like i okay. will drink them but i just i prefer kind of the light bubbliness of a of a soda it's as opposed perfect. to a tonic but it, uh
3: yourself some q tonic okay it'll, it'll change your world all right i'll write that down q tonic uh bob why don't you tell us how you uh like to read your books it, it kind of depends if it's a graphic novel kind of thing or something light i have an old-fashioned swivel rocking chair That is completely broken in so I can drape one leg over an arm and sit there and get the lights turned to the right level and sit there. Generally with a glass of wine. If it's something heavier, I mean, sitting here in front of me, though, it's been here for a couple of weeks now. The decision to use the atomic bomb, okay, that requires a little more attention and sitting upright like an adult, and so that'll be sitting on the couch right next to the light, probably with a scotch or, or a an Irish whiskey. If it's comics, I'm 10 and I can kneel and put them on my bed and lay them out across the bed and just sort of sit there in a, in a kneeling position as if I'm praying in front of them. Hmm. So there's that. There's a, there's a, there's a range of things. But Very never in nice. bed. I, I can't lay in bed and read a book anymore. I fall asleep.
0: Yeah, I, I last a, a couple of issues. It depends. I have a little, like, nightlight thing on my uh, side of the, the bedroom that helps a little bit. But once that's off, I have, like, one more issue left in me, and then I am done. Uh, Sarah, how about you?
2: Um, If it's Single-issue comics, it tends to be sat at my little table that I have where I eat my dinner because I tend to um, – <laughs> this is going to sound awful. I cut all my food up when I serve it onto my plate so I can just eat it with a yeah. single
0: fork. Oh, yeah. And Me, I too. Sit up, Me too. And
2: I'll sit at my table and I will eat with one hand and I'll turn the pages of the comic book with the other hand. Um, If it's something like a graphic novel, I will generally um, curl up in the corner of my sofa, stick a blanket over my knees like an old person just because I like being warm and cozy. Um, But what I actually do every night when I go to bed is I get ready for bed half an hour before I want to go to sleep. I switch off all my electrical devices or I turn them upside down or I cover them over or whatever and then I will read 30 pages minimum of um a prose novel because i know that it takes me about a minute per page so i know that that's reading for half an hour and it means that i don't get any blue light from the devices for half an hour before bed and that basically just means that i sleep better mm, wow
3: I like the planning of that
2: yeah I've been,
0: uh, sneaking in some prose in between comics for the last few weeks i'm reading uh stephen king's the institute that just came oh, out yes. it's pretty good so is that your that's your routine
2: that is that is my routine although i will just quickly say at the moment um i am reading a shauna maguire novel and i'm absolutely loving it um one of my colleagues at work was like there's a book coming out and it's an author that i think you might like um and as soon as she said who it was i was like yes yes i will like that um so she very kindly bought me a copy of a book which i'm now Aww, reading. that's nice so thank you Kirsty. yeah
0: I have uh, Every Heart a Doorway on deck.
2: <gasps> so good!
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that quite a bit. Uh, Joey, how about you?
1: Uh, I, too, only read comics in bed. I don't read books in bed. I just, I can't. Uh, I got, you know, I'm just doing anywhere, man.
4: I got any place <laughs> any place you
1: want to read a book, I read a book. I have a spot down on the waterfront that I like to walk right across from, uh, across the Hudson from, from World Trade. It's a nice view, and in the summertime, I walk down there and read. Um, I just found out Thomasie Coates has his first novel coming out, and Atwood's follow-up to *Handmaid's Tale* just came out.
0: Yep. Um.
1: So I got I got to get those. And uh, I'm about I'm into this book right now uh called pachinko by minj minjin lee and by oh Miller, the book. i've yeah. got
2: that on my to be read show oh shelf the my goodness
1: uh, and when i say like i'm into the book i mean i'm like on page 50 of like 500 so like yeah that's where <laughs> i'm at um but yeah i read wherever i can nice all right
0: let's move on then question number five Besides the things that have been talked about on the show already, oh, this is a quick one. Uh, Steve meeting Bronwyn, everybody meeting each other, etc. How have comics affected uh, who you are today? Okay, so we're going to pass on this one, and only because we had talked about this at length uh, during the 400th Talking Comics episode. Not sure if you listened to that one yet, John, but uh, we definitely went into this in great detail Mm -hmm. during that show so rather yeah rather than repeat um a bunch of that stuff uh we suggest that maybe you go and check that episode out it's in there somewhere uh and then the last one uh for this time uh again feel free to send us more we'll give you the email at the end uh since i'm at the gym if and when you work out, no judgments if you don't. Part of, me, uh, part of me developing into who I am was me getting into shape and working to make myself look like the comic characters I love. Uh, and so I would never be overweight again. And so maybe one day uh, I could be a superhero. You never know. Uh, you never know. That's true. Uh, and you can be a superhero in a bunch of different ways. So you really do never know. Uh, what's your favorite muscle uh to work on so i am actually by the time that everybody's listening to this on wednesday wednesday evening i am going back to the open gym uh down at the make it happen class our friend sarah is running that and so uh for the past couple weeks i basically i sit and i write and i that's what i do for work right so i have this habit now of drinking lots of water throughout the day Uh, I am eating vegetables throughout the day, whether they're sliced up peppers or uh, baby carrots or whatever. And I get up in between articles. I run in place for about a minute and a half, a little bit more than that, maybe two minutes. And then I do planks and I do um, push-ups. And so I'm about up to like 25 without – uh, about getting winded. And I mean, this is after working my way up. I have a heart condition, so I have to be very, very careful of that stuff. And I'll be very curious to go back to the gym on Wednesday night. Uh, considering that several weeks ago, I hurt my back pretty bad. And I got to be honest with you, it is still not a hundred percent. And so I'm going to have to be very diligent about what I lift and how, and make sure to stretch, make sure to warm up, uh all of that thing. So yeah, um I guess abdominal muscles might be my favorite even though they're the worst for me. I used to really like doing leg exercises when I worked out with my mom who is a personal trainer uh, of like over 20 years. Uh she was a really really amazing person to be with in the gym and really enjoyed it. I have very strong legs or at least I used to. Um but yeah, so that's for me. Uh Joey, do you work out or well you're doing a you're doing a run? Well,
1: Real I, soon. I do well. Yeah, I'm doing a five k in a couple of weeks, and I, I do this annual kind of obstacle thing. Yeah, I, I I I don't do the open gym thing. I I just can't do the solo thing where like you just show up and you got a, like a thing in your notebook and you're like, this is what I'm doing today. I can't, I can't do, do it either. Um, yeah. I go to class. I I, I kickbox. Like I have a like I go to a kickboxing class. I'm more of a cardio and body weight stuff. I don't do I don't do a lot of lifting. I know Sarah does um <laughs> i don't run though i hate running it's i hate it I can't so run. much uh i got bad knees but um uh, martial arts love it push-ups love it planks love it um but i need to go to class like that's the thing and if i don't go to mm-hmm. class and like so i'll do like planks or push-ups at home but like i need to have a class i need to have that structure um yeah and i need to punch things like that's the best but
0: yeah, see, I'll go, like, yeah. I'll go Wednesday night, and Sarah will make up, a like, a small routine for me, but I say open gym, there are four people in this class. Sure. And, Bro- and Bronwyn is one of the four. Nice. <laughs> so it's it's real private, it's really cool, like, that's my whole thing, I can't work out in front of people, and I can't, I can't do the gym environment, I've never been comfortable with it ever. Yeah. So.
1: I just, like, I I walk into a gym, like a retro or something, and I just, like, look at all this stuff, and I'm like what the f- what what like uh, 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 what right as i go i go into the kickboxing class and i see a bag and i know what to do you know um so it's uh it's, it's You're here with the mission sir yeah <laughs> trying to put me back in the world I'm trying to save it yeah. nice
0: uh sarah do you have any favorite muscles that you like to work out on
2: um, I do. I have a very set program that I work to. Monday is leg day. My favorite thing to do on leg day is um, probably actually the leg press. I do a lot of squats, but I hate them because squats are evil. Um, <laughs> I very much enjoy working my um, my lats, my biceps and my triceps. Um, I've been doing a lot of arm work recently because of a cosplay that I'm planning on doing. Um, because I have what most ladies my age that haven't spent their entire life working out have which is what we delightfully term bingo wings um i don't i i don't know if you're aware of the term bingo wings in america <laughs> no um
3: i imagine I, I can figure
2: i assume that you know what bingo is like the game where yeah. you sit and they call the number yeah so bingo wings essentially refers to those like flabby upper arms that you get when you just sit for long periods of time and don't really do anything. Okay. Um, so I have basically been working on building up my biceps and my triceps recently, um, which has kind of worked, but I tend to do, so I'll do, um, legs on a Monday. I'll do a push workout on a Tuesday. I'll do a pull on a Thursday, push on a Friday, pull on a Saturday. So I do a lot of upper body stuff. Um, and then When I'm in the gym at the weekend, if I'm feeling like it, I will do quite a bit of deadlifting because deadlifting is fun. Picking up heavy stuff and putting it back down again. So much fun. Um, But I totally get what you guys mean about going in the gym. So in the gym that I go to, there's like the main room, which has got all the cardio stuff in it. It's got all of the all of the weights machines but then if you want like the free weights, the Smith machines, um, the deadlift bars, the squat bars, you have to go into what I used to term the bigger boys room, which is, um, you know, it's got it's got the meat heads in it. And the guys with the protein shakes that will do one squat at 200 kilos and then walk around going Ugh! for the next 10 minutes. Look at get some yoga bars. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And I, I never used to go in there because it was, you know, it was intimidating. And then I was talking to someone who goes to my gym and he was like, you have as much right to be in there as those guys do because you are doing it. You are at the gym. You are making the effort. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to occupy this space. I do have as much right to be here. Mm -hmm. And the first couple of times I went in there, some of the meatheads were like making comments about what I was lifting or what I wasn't lifting. And I was just like, I'm sorry, did you did you deadlift this much the first time you ever deadlifted? Did you? No, because everyone has to start somewhere. So if you've got a problem, you can have a problem. But I am here, and I am doing it, and I am getting better. And ever since then, like, the meatheads are all fine with me.
3: <laughs> Good for you. You won them over. Yes, you they won their favor. <laughs> <laughs> I just yelled at them so they leave me alone. You said uh,
1: but, Legs on a Monday, and I was like, Solomon Grundy, Legs yo, on a hey, Monday. Man,
4: same
2: thing. <laughs> I actually think that every single Monday. When I go in for Leg Day, I'm like, Legs on a Monday, Solomon Grundy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I realize that I'm probably the only person in the gym that thinks that. But I'm also probably the only person in the gym who is lifting weights, listening to musical theater soundtracks. Yes, so, Queen yes i was there the other morning some guy was like trying to talk to me i was had my headphones in and he's like take your headphone out i was like what do you want he went what's what, uh, what you listen to it went defying gravity from wicked nice. just like, uh, he was like that's I, I don't I, I don't think i know that one i'm like no i don't think you do either put my headphone back in yes exactly <laughs> just
0: like later chump <laughs> <laughs> uncultured swine <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Bob, do you have any uh, workout routines, or do you do well, anything for physical? Here's the thing:
3: in my <laughs> time, I was, I was a jock, but I could not go to a gym. I didn't, wasn't able to do that. I, I could, I ran some track here and there, but for me, it was a game. It needed to be competition. So, as a recreational athlete, if you put me into something, I at five. 10 and some change long arms big hands i was the world's smallest power forward i could dunk a basketball Mm -hmm. i could any of those i was really great at my body at my age has mostly deserted me so (laughs) most things that even would help me do something are now beyond my capability of doing without something else hurting so now Mm -hmm. the muscle i most work out is probably my prostate
4: Oh, <laughs> oh wow! God. All right, let's wrap it up. And I felt bad for saying <laughs> dildo
0: nunchucks earlier.
4: <laughs> All
1: right, bye. Until uh, <laughs> next time, i <I'm> will talk about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Be continue. So, uh, what books were we looking forward <laughs> to this week? Wow, look at that. <laughs> um.
0: Well, on that note,
3: thanks, thanks John. Um, and what a note it was. Uh, I must
0: Uh, I'm really very quickly going to read through the books that we talked about this week because I forgot to do it earlier. Bob talked about Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, number nine, Empowered, volume number 11, Aquaman, number 52, Marvel Action, Captain Marvel, number two, Jane Foster, Valkyrie, number three. Joey talked about House of X, number five, Batman, 79, Napoleon Dynamite, number one, Once in Future, number two. Sarah's books were Glass Hood, and safe sex number one uh she also talked about the boys tv show on the amazons uh and i brought up Raina Telgemeyer's guts the graphic novel from scholastic uh we also talked about steeple uh number one which is an image comic book dark horse, dark horse. oh got it right on the very first shot <laughs> 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 all right all right uh so sarah what books are you pick, uh, picking up this week
2: all of them um oh my god i've got such a list this it right avant-garde which is listed as number eight of eight which has confused me because originally it was supposed to be a 12 issue miniseries so I have eight of 12 here ah okay interesting i will see what happens with that uh, bad reception number two <gasps> um care bears unlock the magic two of three that book was yeah. a trip um fearless number three of four harleen number one tommy gun wizards number two wonder woman i think it's number 79 but i'm like 20 issues behind so who knows um the book i am most looking forward to is sarah and the royal stars number three very excited about that um there are also three new books coming out that um, i will probably pick up there is safe sex number one that i mentioned earlier there is a book called relics of youth number one which is um about an island that some explorers find and basically it's been like they think it's been abandoned but it hasn't all of the kids are killing off anyone over the age of 40 because relics um so that looks quite interesting and i've written down plot number one i have no idea what this book is Hmm. um so let me just hastily look up what plot number one (laughs) and i
0: miss going through previews and knowing what the new series coming out are you always bring um, these like cool sounding books to the podcast. I love it.
2: The plot: Drown Your Secrets, the inaugural title of Vault's new Nightfall line. The plot is written by Dan, Tim Daniel, and Michael Moretti, and drawn by Joshua. Oh, that's why it's drawn by Joshua Hickson. He did Shanghai Red. Oh yes, he did. Oh yeah. Um, in order to receive, first you must give. When Chase Blaine's estranged brother and sister in law are murdered, he becomes guardian to Mackenzie and Zach, the niece and nephew he hardly knows. Seeking stability for the children, Chase moves his newly formed family to his ancestral home in Cape Augusta, which overlooks a deep black bogland teeming with family secrets. Because apparently he's never seen a horror movie. Um, yeah, so that looks really, really good. Joshua Hickson is just. An absolutely out- amazing artist. I'm loving his work. So I am very excited to pick that up.
0: All right. Did you happen to read that book, uh You Are Obsolete number one? Came out last no,
2: week. No, no, I did not. I, I have, honestly, I haven't read any of my books from last week yet.
0: Did you pick because... it up
2: though? Yes.
0: Okay, let me know how it is, because I was curious about that, but I didn't uh I didn't want to read it until I heard your verdict. Uh, Joey, yes. what
1: do you pick? Uh, I am picking up uh, Criminal Number Eight, Faithless Number Six of Six from Boom, the Brian Azarella book. That's naughty, naughty, and I've been following along with it. Um, <laughs> Angel Number Five is the Welcome to Hellmouth Mouth Prelude. Uh, Strike Force Number One, which is a weird ass sounding book, but it's by Tini Howard. It's got Bucky, Jessica Drew, Wiccan, Blade, Damon Hellstrom, and Monica Rambo and Angela in it. I'm like, what the hell is this? I might as well read it. Um, New Mutants War Children number one is going to reunite Chris Claremont and Bill Sinkowitz with those characters yeah. which it looks pretty awesome too so uh, I'll check that out as well
3: all right uh, Bob I, let's see here certainly along with Sarah Harleen number one by Stepan Shayich gotta go for that it's, it's three prestige black labels at $8, but still going to be worth it. What what he's put out there so far looks amazing. Wonder Woman 79, need to see where that goes. Fearless 3, Captain America number 14, which was delayed but should be out this week. Betty Page Unbound number 4 with this, I think this time around she's Tinkerbell. I don't know how that works, but I'll, I'm in. And the final issue of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, number 47. Uh-huh.
0: I can't believe we're losing this one, too. It's that kind of year. (sighs) All right. Um, We've mentioned a bunch of my books. I don't think I need to read mine. (laughs) It's all the (laughs) stuff you guys talk about. This happens every week. Uh, With the exception of White Trees, number two. Uh, Yeah, I guess we'll see how that two-issue series wraps up. I really wish that that was going for longer, but we'll see. Who knows? Maybe there'll be uh, another part. Absolutely so, gorgeous.
2: Chris Anker was talking about that on Twitter earlier.
0: <gasps> Please tell me there's more.
2: And they want to write more. Apparently, part of the reason that it was only um, two issues is that his father actually passed away whilst he was working oh, on the book. Oh, no yeah so um he basically put a tweet out earlier thanking everybody else that worked on the book for kind of carrying him through that second issue and i think that they had plans for it to go longer but because he had that bereavement um they kind of went look let's just do two issues for now and see what happens with the sales and things okay um so yeah he was definitely saying you know they they want to revisit the world they want to go back to it they want to do more um so yeah, that, yeah was, that was just kind of where he was going with it
0: okay i had uh, i was not aware of that mm. all right well bring on uh bring on the sex sirens they're uh they're good people <laughs> <laughs> all righty so uh does anybody have any comments questions last hurrahs that they want to uh share before i start reading the stuff
2: uh-uh. Um just just to say thank you to John for sending all those questions in um he got in touch with myself via Instagram um just said some really nice things about the podcast and about Ladies of Valhalla um and sort of said oh I've got some questions can I send them in and then obviously got the email so yeah thank you very much John um for your messages and for sending your email and it was lovely
0: very very nice yeah. all right so we've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics podcast As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email, podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com. We are also on Twitter at Talking Comics. Don't forget to check out TalkingComicBooks.com for reviews from our fantastic contributors. And don't forget to listen to Talking Valiant, D&D Adventure, and the Ladies of Valhalla Podcasts. Real quick, Sarah, what is your next show about?
2: Um, our next show is going to be about all of the different versions of Sabrina Um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch Chilling Adventures the comics that has just wrapped up and we are very excited like bouncing off the walls excited because Kelly Thompson is actually going to be coming on and talking (gasps) to us about any of the things that she can. We know that there are lots of things she won't be able to talk to us about because obviously the comic is coming back and um, there are NDAs and whatnot. But yes, we're very excited to have Kelly Thompson coming on and talking to us. Can
0: I pop on before you start recording the actual show and say hello? Of course you can. Yes. It's
2: the privilege of sharing a house with one of the hosts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure, a lot more than that.
4: All if right. What about <laughs>
3: Bob where can our listeners find you Old fashioned email Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com Joey
1: (laughs) At Joey Buccino.
3: Sarah
2: You can find me everywhere Media is social At Geek Country Lady
0: Jessica is at Jarsica For all the things You can catch her online Streaming throughout the week And evidently at New York City Comic Con when that goes down. I am at dead underscore anchorus on the internet. So for Bob, just call me the spleen. <laughs> for Joey, poink. For Sarah, I'll see you in New York, folks. I am Steve. Mystery men for life. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Be excellent to each other, and until the next time on the Talking Comics podcast, to be continued.
3: But um you know, can I
2: just I can I just ask where in Spain they're moving to?
3: I'm not sure. I believe it's it's further into the south. Initially they were going to share digs for a while with a friend of David's from the UK who you folks might have heard of Colmini yes. he on... yeah yeah yeah've yeah, we,
2: we've, we've heard of him yeah
3: yeah, he's a real close friend to David. see actually Colm did a movie uh, with David, a little independent movie about horse racing. Interestingly, he's been to David's house in Patchogue, I think, a half a dozen times, and I'm probably the only one of his friends who even knows who Colm Meadie actually is and why he's famous, and I'm the one who's never met the guy. Oh, <laughs> oh. you just missed him. Just exactly. He left you know, about an hour ago. Yes, I oh, thought, come on. Yeah, He was on his way in the city at some big production meeting. At one point, oh, I hope this is giving me anything, oh, it's so far afield at this point. Um... David, who, who's written some novels, he's got a children's book he's trying to sell to some folks at this point. Very interesting fantasy piece. David and I, and Bobby for a little while, we wrote a pilot script for a comb for a television program that we were trying, really? to, sell to, trying to sell to A&E. Yeah. Did he, he was do a, it? Yeah, he loved it. A&E didn't, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was going to be uh, a hitman who had uh, ties to the uh, Irish Republican Army, lost friends and family in the Troubles. And one of the things he was doing, why I got called into this, is that he he wanted a hook that was going to be sort of nerdy. And so I came up with the idea that, well, this hitman, one of the things he was doing with his extra money, besides living large, was he was buying up rare comic books and artwork, and his crown jewel would be, you know, an action one or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we were actually recreating comic book scenes as part of his actions. So that the, the Crisis on Infinite Earth 7 with Superman holding Supergirl, he'd be holding his sister-in-law or something. So we were going to m- try to make sure this was a whole little, little subtext for everybody else as well. So, again, the guy who it was for liked it. The network, not so much, and he ended up doing... What was that that show about the building of the railroad? Uh, hell on Wheels or something like that? Hell yes. on Wheels. Men in Hats. Hell on Wheels. That yes. so he did that one instead.
1: So you're telling me that you fridged his sister-in-law in the
3: pilot episode?
4: No no no.
3: no, no, no. No, we didn't. We actually we the person we fridged, I think, was his brother.
1: You're telling me you fridged his brother in the pilot yes. episode?
3: <laughs> yes, as a, in a flashback. <laughs> it was one of the reasons he was angry and killing people. <laughs>
4: Revenge, me
0: column when I've
2: fringed your brother. Which, which in no way tells ap- me mood. where in Spain your friend is moving to
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: We should probably get back on track. If this uh if the image for this show, Joey, isn't a big old thing of Colomini, I'm gonna be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he was on Star Trek. I, I see Deep from Space from the Knight
3: photos and Voyager at a certain point, and Next Gen. I mean, didn't he hit like three of the the four new ones?
0: Yeah, I can count yeah. the amount of Star Trek that I've seen. Any Star Trek anything probably on two hands. Fail episodes. Yeah, um, don't have, I would love to get into Star Trek. I just don't know where to start.
3: The beginning. Oh, that's what everybody says.
0: That's a lie. Yeah, comic books. Comic books.